You may only live once, but legends never die. Find out more this week on the Indie Ball Report Podcast. Back again for the 255th time, the Indie Ball Report returns with a coaching carousel, a new team, and I guess a new identity for an existing team that has had what we call it poor luck over the last couple of years. Poor luck, something like that. Oh man, it, poor luck. This the way that you know the same person that just keeps hitting curbs is like, I'm so unlucky in the car, and you're like, well, the curbs aren't really moving. I don't know what to tell you. It's just like it's so not my have poor fault. luck question mark. <laughs> it's like it's not my fault you park like Meadow Soprano. It's not my fault that you park like you're specifically colorblind to any color that's in the shape of a line. What I'm trying to say is it's a lot like the Ralph Engelstead quote of the harder I work, the luckier I get. Really? I was going to say the harder I work, the dumber I find to be the people around me. But that's probably why people describe me as not fun to be around. I get that. I don't know. I mean, I spend like multiple hours every week talking to you. So that's got to be kind of fun. Not for you, but daydreaming about launching me into the sun. I get you. Hey, I'm not the one that correctly guessed the name of a uh, You Only Live Once baseball team, which brings us to the first story of the week. I am I'm too proud of myself about this one. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah. So, as you all may recall, I believe it was last week, we were discussing that there's going to be a team in Davis. We're waiting for the formal announcement. It was a weird kind of rollout here to build up hype. Like, it could be here. It could be there. We finally have all the details behind it. Uh, instead of being called Davis, this 12th Pioneer League team is called the YOLO High Wheelers. Now, if you recall, Ryan threw out the possibility of them being called the Penny Farlings, which is the wheel bicycle that has the giant wheel and the small wheel in the back. Apparently, that's the thing out there. Is It was, what, created there? Invented yeah. there? Would be the term? Yeah. And it's like the cycling mecca of the U.S., apparently. These are things I'm just learning now. And uh, they decided to pay homage to that. So a cooler version of what he suggested is pretty much what it came out to be. Is it? Is it, like though? High wheeler. High wheelers is a little bit cooler. Although High came, wheelers, I guess. Yeah, there's a came, ring to it. Yeah, They came very close with that name, though, to being sued by a toy company. Oh, yeah? Well, think of oh, like big, this. Yeah, okay. Big wheelers. Yeah, big yeah, wheel, sure. hot wheels, you know. I think I said it. that too. I think that was the first one. I was like, nah, maybe just penny farthings. And then I all right, high wheelers, I guess, is a vibe. Like, yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I, I I think penny farthings is just weird enough. But um yeah, that's because I was gonna it's say well, like a little you know, maybe niche. it's not clear what it is, but high wheeler isn't either like you're like what's a high wheeler so you know yeah, but when you look at the logo it's pretty straightforward sure enough yeah that's fair like that's that's I, I just want to go on the record that i didn't get that leaked to me from anybody that was straight from my really just probably exhausted at that point in the podcast just tired out brain that's just seen way too many indie ball brands and rebrands and that was like i think that's the energy say that out loud and here we are and like for the, once. the logo actually, I think, looks really good. Yeah, I agree. Like both the word mark and the actual logo, I do like it. I will say we got some honey hunter colors going on here. So 
may be a bad sign, but it does feel kind of like I'm at least the word mark to me. It looks like we took the color scheme from Gastonia and we mixed it with like the kind of look and aesthetic feel of uh, Hagerstown. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you said it because I was literally looking up the Hagerstown logo at like right now to look it's up that wings. letter mark. Yeah. yeah. It's on, the wings it's on, the on the H and the W. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Again, it does discussing seem, logos is wonderful on a audio medium. All right. Get Google up and watch along with us. It's fine. We got this. Exactly. Um, Most podcasts can play in the background, so you have no excuse. Yeah. What are you driving? Get your phone out. Take a look. God, in a so, Tesla, they put a goddamn iPad in the front seat anyway. Yeah. The problem is you're not rich enough. <laughs> I think oh, Ford no. does it too. So, I mean, like, go help my yeah. Ford stock out and buy a Ford. You have Ford stock too? Yes, I do. I bought it when it was $5 during the pandemic. Bros. I got it when I was like a little kid, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It must have been like 10. I don't yeah. know. With this, so we did spend a lot of time talking about like predictions for the brand, concerns about the brand, concerns about um, Davis and the the team going in there. At this point, now that we have a brand, now we saw some rollout. How are you feeling about it? I'm liking it a bit better. It's at the spot where I think we both kind of figured it would be, which is UC Davis campus. Decent size seating, you know, a little bit, I want to say unconventional to a uh, professional market. We've seen them before. A lot of indie ball teams and even uh, affiliate minor league teams in the past have been on college campuses. That's nothing really new. But when you look at the layout of it, it's not maybe what you would immediately picture. But And I mean this in a respectful way for what the Pioneer League is. It fits very well. It's still 3,500 seats, which I think is a good number to be at, especially in the more modern-day indie ball setup where you want more of a, a... I'm going to use a realtor term and go a more intimate space. You know, hmm. I don't think you need these mammoth size stadiums anymore that seat 5,000, 7,000 people. That can become very cavernous on a Tuesday night and create right. maybe not the atmosphere you want for repeat business. I'd much rather have about 3,000 seat stadium that, you know, on Saturday night, maybe I'm like, ooh, we're getting a little bit too close for comfort with the fire marshal uh, than. <laughs> you know, have it be 6,000 empty seats on a Tuesday in July where it's like, ooh, this is really bad for the thousand people that are here. You know, so I I do think that's a good venue choice there. Uh, we'll get into the coaching staff, particularly ma- the manager position, which is Billy Horton, something we've known for weeks now, uh, a little bit later because we do have the coaching carousel in the back half of this episode. But overall, I do like what they did. They have a lot of... Uh, Former Giants guys, even Billy was in the Giants organization for a while. Um, Gary Davenport was with the Giants for a while. I like the fact that general manager they took right from AAA Sacramento. So that's a really nice get in my mind. Yeah. The guy that, you know, did ticketing especially for them and did a lot of like client based sales, did a lot with the corporate in, sales. In that market, essentially. Exactly. Like, exactly. Great call. Exactly. Have already have all the connections there. And that also puts me at ease a little bit from what we were talking about, where is this just kind of like a be here for three years while we get Oakland, Oakland sorted out and then you can go ahead and disappear or whatever that that I do like a uh, former major leaguer and a fairly recent one, Jerome Williams, too, involved with this as a pitching coach. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. I like the overall view. Billy of legend. It. Yeah. Yeah. The one concern I do have from all the announcements, whatnot, 
the people that technically own it or are considered the founders are the same ones behind the Oakland Ballers. So that's yeah. two teams in that market that you got to manage. And it's very clear they care more about Oakland than they do mm-hmm. uh, YOLO, which is going to be getting really weird to get used to saying YOLO instead of Davis, but whatever. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. But on the surface, at least, it looks pretty solid, all things considered. Yeah, the ownership thing is uh, yeah, in, interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to decide the word. I, we have a few of those situations going on right now in indie ball, and I don't yeah. think it tends to be spectacular. Looking at how Sussex County really seems to have it set up, and who knows what's going on with the Jackals at any given moment, and that Charleston has a good vibe. But Lexington now has been sold twice in two years after being owned by the Charleston owner. So, yeah, but we'll get know, to that second sale in a minute. Owning a team is hard and yeah. expensive. So, especially you know, it sneaks part. up on you. Yeah. Boys, it's, it'll sneak up on you. Especially when you're trying to get two teams off the ground at the same point in time. And yes. you never know when yes. that thing is going to money to make money, which means if you want to make money with two teams, you got to spend twice as much. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put it like this too. And we've talked a lot about some of the characters I'm about to mention in a second here, but it's a lot different when it's someone that's never owned not just a baseball team, but an indie ball team especially before. Mm-hmm. It's even more difficult than when you have a guy like, say, you know, either like a Miles Wolf or a Frank Bolton that's been in the business for a while. They know not just baseball, but independent baseball specifically. Thoughts about them aside, they're not new to this. They know what the deal here is and they know just about every challenge you can face. Now, how they face it and the way they go about it and the opinions you could have on their decisions, that's another situation entirely. But to say they don't know what they're doing or don't know how to get a team off the ground, that's not, you know, that's not a fair statement to make. So I would maybe feel a little bit better about that ownership situation if you had one of those more experienced guys in there, someone that's at least owned a team before, even like a Mike Vec who's had independent teams in the past, had affiliated teams in the past, Anyone that would have really has owned an independent team in the past, I feel like would have been a nice addition to have in one of these ownership groups, just so that way you have some more experience to relate back to. Even if it is from a different area of the country or a different league, there are still some through lines from independent league to independent league that could be useful to draw on. Yeah, first time ownership, man. It, it seems to be getting a lot of organizations these days a lot of the trouble that you're seeing in the atlantic league seems to be originating from that both on i mean both teams are still up in the air with lexington and estonia up in the air isn't you know, we're still figuring out what what exactly they are uh, not that they're not going to be around we know they will be but yeah it really it's a lot of expenses i mean we kind of talked a little bit pre-show about just the complications of being the pioneer league at this point where mm-hmm. you know you got a bunch of owners who got involved on with affiliated teams that have now become indie ball teams and are now multiple years into paying what needs to be paid to run indie ball team successfully. And we've got our eyes certainly on how that could play out moving forward and how everyone's holding up. Uh, I think some things will be, could be shown this year. If there's, I don't know. I don't know if there is an issue at all, but I'm saying if, if there is, I think this is probably the year where it's due to start showing itself a little bit more within the pioneer league. So there's, it's sort of an ongoing through line through multiple leagues right now of what it looks like to have an independent team and, and, you know, experiencing that for the first time, both in 
the personal sense and you know the person-to-person sense for an owner but also in the marketing sense and the finance sense like how they handle that is is going to be interesting because we have multiple teams at different parts of the process right now so all that to say interesting i should keep an eye on that and that's good podcast content right there next yeah definitely i mean but part of what makes it interesting is having the uh, MLB alimony checks stopping soon for pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. assuming those aren't going to start back up again and there's no real indication to say that they are, mm-hmm. you got to start to figure out, and especially really anything that was getting them is going to hurt, but it hurts especially when you're in one of these more remote leagues like the Pioneer League where you're in Montana, you're in Idaho, you're you know, in Utah. These are not exactly areas where you could just jump to another league or do a different thing. It's pretty much you're in the Pioneer League because this is the only league for you. And the expenses are higher because just where you're at, it's tougher to get things. It's tougher to find travel to opponents. It's just more difficult to run that business. And now having the two California teams kind of out on an island, which I know in the past we've ran the numbers like mileage-wise, like, oh, really, it's not that much further than X trip. It still is a bit different it's, of a yeah. situation. So it's not exactly a one for one. And a lot of people, we know Tyler's ever going to fly into Oakland when they got to play them. But you can only do this kind of like a bridge setup where Oakland and YOLO will play each other 36 times for so many years, right? Like after two yeah. years of that, it's now like, all right, well, it's time for you to integrate with the rest of the league here and go to a normal schedule here. And that's just going to create a more financial strain on each uh, organization there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to kind of bridge that uh, funding gap or, you know, at the very least cut the expense down. Yeah. And it's funny, Benjamin Hill, who, if you don't follow Benjamin Hill, he's great. He does, he's been doing reporting on minor league baseball for forever. Like, uh, and he'll occasionally sort of step in on indie ball news, which is always nice to see, but, yeah, he reported what it was as it was happening, as it was being announced. I'm trying to find the exact tweet. Of course, I cannot. Um, there, actually, I just found it. Cool. He pointed out that the two California teams are playing each other 36 times over a third of the total games of the schedule. And my first thought was, oh, cool. Ben Hill reposted the Pioneer League YOLO announcement. And I was like, ah, oh, like, I don't know. It wasn't a super widely seen you know, tweet, but. People around baseball follow them. And it's just a, a bummer to see something that looks so non-legit as a team playing another team 36 times. And I'm not faulting anybody on it right now. It's a situation, and I understand the, the purpose. This is not me being like, dumb idea. It, it's saying, boy, do I hope this gets you know, resolved out soon. Yeah, yeah I, I'm hoping there's more teams or a better strategy on how to do it. But I get year one has to be a certain thing. That's yeah. fine. But it's it's the bullet you gotta bite, my friend. But I, I do hope that we're not talking about it for very long. Yeah, it's one of those things where the real solution to the problem is both teams do really well for a year or two, encourages more people to buy in on the West Coast idea, and you can roll more of an East-West setup and just go to, you play pretty much all your games against your division, and you have like maybe four or five series a year where you play a team in the other division and then you run it more like a traditional NLAL type setup. That's the real mm-hmm. solution in my mind. 
yeah, it's going to be a little more expensive, but, you know, building on something I think is a little bit of a better optic and look here than, uh, than not. And there are markets in the Pacific Northwest that I think could work out really well. We did the one time where we looked through Oregon and there was like three or four markets there that make sense that you could make work. I'm sure if you went more Southern California, there may be something there as well. Um, maybe even Arizona could be something there, but I mean, that's just, just like, speculating. I mean, like, uh, well, what are they doing with Lancaster again? Can you remind me? I thought they were renovating that ballpark to something else, which also just to go yeah, back. I think that, the word was sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just going back quickly to when you mentioned Gastonia a little bit ago, if you notice now uh, on the Atlantic League site, they have just a gray circle with gas written in it. Yeah, it's coming. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the announcement was made very soon. I think they didn't want to drop the Lexington announcement, the Gastonia announcement. I think Gastonia was kind of in a holding pattern, waiting on yeah. some of the legal stuff to to wash out. In which people might have seen their Brandon Bellamy and the ownership group were countersuing Gastonia, and I got a few messages that were like, "Well, is that going to slow anything down?" Doesn't look like it. It doesn't really seem to have any impact on the progress for the. Gastonia baseball team, whatever we're calling them, uh, in their sort of comeback march that they have going. So uh, just keep my eye for news on that. I, I think there was some timing things. They had to wait for the court thing to get sold out by the time it did. Uh, and not the whole thing, but just the, a specific piece or two. And by the time it did, it sounds like you know they were on top of when Lexington planned to make their announcement here. So yeah, keep an eye for Gastonia, and then at least we'll feel a little more settled again in the Atlantic League, and we'll see if we can give a better shot. All right. Definitely something to watch for. And also wrapping up the uh, Lancaster point for California is turning into a soccer pitch. Gross. Let's wrap up the point on Davis by bringing Mm -hmm. it back to YOLO specifically because you do only live once on the baseball field. You live and die with every pitch. Not soccer pitches, but baseball. Lou Ford is in 75th baseball life. Could we calm it down? Sorry to ruin a metaphor. (laughs) Or a you. What was that? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're uh, talking about Lou Ford later on, though. But uh, oh, we will. Nice. Damn. Yeah. yeah I've had will. like a few good tie-ins, just not the right time, which destroyed my life, man. Any case, so yeah, about YOLO itself. Uh, any other thoughts, really, on this? I see they also had a uh, hired a baseball ops dude too. Yes. Don't have much on that. This dude does not look old enough to have that position. No, but there's a lot of that in the Pioneer League, and he's got he's got some help. Because he's got some people with some affiliated connections around him, and that's going to probably help tie in a little bit. He's 22? This dude's four years younger than me? I mean, I'm I'm trying to say it without it sounding bad, but yeah, Pioneer League will do that. (laughs) I mean, uh, like, I'll be the one to say it. I mean, like, there's a, they, they're gambling on inexperience here. Not going to say he may not know what he's doing. He was with Billings for a while, so he is familiar with him. He was their director of scouting and analytics at, at like 21. So yep, there you go. clearly there has to be a decent amount of, of skill there and some talent there too. So, and I mean, if you're going to get this kind of position, I imagine he's definitely a hard worker. I mean, I just fired my resume out there at some of these. Oh, well, <laughs> just be like, why not? Okay. Okay. Yeah, just, like, I'm not, because I, I wasn't I didn't know that they were making that move so quick through the pioneer yeah. and then it's not faulting anybody it's just like damn I guess that's right 
Travis. Like, I heard they were making a move, but yeah. that's not the guy I heard. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I just it's a this isn't coming down on AJ, by the way. It's not. Yeah, no, like, I mean, he, I hear good things. Like he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He, exactly. He, like you know, he, yeah. saying he's young is a cheap criticism. So I'll own that. But it is yeah. a little bit when you have a new team building from the top. I mean, you would love a little more experience, especially when yeah, your GM's a local guy, but like he's not going to have any help on the baseball side. You got some guys with like MLB experience, but like how much indie ball experience on that staff? So it's just. He he might be on an island a little bit, so we'll see. Of course, I mean he'll have some help. I, I mean I'm not, yeah, probably have some help from Tyler. You got to figure uh, over yeah. with Oakland, so yeah. that helps. I'm betting there's gonna be a lot of transactions between those two teams, just from the practical standpoint of getting guys mm -hmm. back and forth. It's faster than, you know, you need a pitcher tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it, it's better than trying to wait for him to come from somewhere else than pitch for the bees one the day. Neighbor, pitching for it's the your neighbor. You probably just played the day before. Yeah. Yeah, so what's the honestly. scouting report? <laughs> they're stealing, they're not even stealing signs. They're just telling them. <laughs> they're just, it's just the catcher from yesterday being like, "That's yeah. a curveball." <laughs> See it now. Should I give back the book? Nah, you're gonna be back in three weeks anyway. Just hold on to it. Just yeah, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh damn, I have the wrong wristband out here. Oh shit. Uh, you just walk over to the other team's tiger like, boys, I need to switch real quick. Yeah, right. He, he does, you know, gets a line drive, and smacks a hole in his glove. He just walks back to the other team's dugout to get his glove from yesterday. We can see it now. Throws down the sign for a curveball. He's like, shit, that was a slider. Oh, damn, wrong signs. <laughs> just like, but, but the other, but yeah, but the hitter did great because the other catcher is on second base relaying the signs, and he was using yesterday's stuff, so it's fine. Yeah, just in his head. That explains the Astro scout in the stands. <laughs> Still doing that. I had to take uh, the cheap shot. Yeah, but, yeah. No, take it when you can get it, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm the one who pointed out his age. Of course, I'm taking cheap shots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm. I am. I'm impressed though. Like twenty-two year old to hold that position is some on certain level impressive. Yeah, I agree. To summarize on YOLO, on the surface it looks pretty good. There's a couple of areas that we're gonna wait to see pad out, but overall it seems like a pretty decent launch and I'm looking forward to seeing how things go. That sound about right? Yeah, man. Get get out your uh, penny farthings. They better have one. I, I hope the mascot rides one. He's sick. I feel like they have to, right? Like, you know how some teams have the guy run around the uh, warning track before the game with the flag? He's got to come out in the bike and just ride around it. Yeah. Like, it's and too like, obvious. Or you can, like, buy a ball to, like, throw at him. Amazing. Well, we're going to high wheel our way out of this conversation and segue into another legendary conversation, which we've been teasing on and off throughout that conversation. We just wrapped up. The Lexington Counterclocks era times ran out on it. So they've been sold to the Temerity Group? Yeah, you're there. All right, good enough. They acquired the team in the ballpark. Andy Sadler is the, or Sandler is the head of ownership. It's going to incorporate some of the previous owners in there as well. Uh, like we said, 
time has ran out on the Counterclocks brand. A new name is going to be announced in February. However, some of the social media handles have already been changed to say Lexington Legends. The whole unveil graphics and the branding around the unveil, including one of the hats on the podium, has all the old Lexington Legends branding on it. I would assume that will just come back. There may be a brand refresh on it where they get the Legends name back, but the logos themselves are more updated. That may be the extent of it, but expect the Legends brand to come back. A uh, few other things of note also in the press conference and announcement from today, meaning Thursday, uh, they have a 20-year agreement with Transylvania University to share the field for baseball. And supposedly a new manager and staff have already been hired but will be announced in the coming weeks. Naturally, I wish they would have announced a manager on the day we're doing the coaching carousel, but they did not do that. So we will still list them as two. Okay. We announced. basically know who it's going to be, and we shall see. Yeah. I think this is a good move. Alan Stein not being the main owner is all right. I mean, I, I while we talked about Alan Stein being the owner, the one thing I couldn't necessarily answer in my head was where that was going to be financially for him. It didn't seem like a match, but I figured something was figured out. And uh, so it seems like there's a primary owner with a group of owners around them, Alan Stein being one of them, the original owner of the Legends. So that's a good thing. He knows the market. He's got good trust with the community. He can be a sort of a face for them if they decide to use him that way. I, I, yeah, no notes. It, it seems, I didn't see the podium hats thing, but all the logos I've seen are saying it's going to be legendary and it's using legends colors. There's somebody said, there was one tweet out there though that said something along the lines of like, oh, they said you'll be surprised. Like they said, if you think it's the legends, you might be surprised. And I'm like, one, I don't believe you. Two, don't fumble the bag now. Don't do yeah. this. Like, don't, don't go. That would show so much lack of touch to kick things off. Is being like, we're back. We're here. We heard you hated the old brand. Here, you want the or the old old brand back? Then tease it and then not give it to them. Um, I'd be like, what are we doing? The question yeah. could remain: Who has rights to that? That's an interesting thing. I. I have a suspicion as we sit and think about it that maybe the Legends brand doesn't live with them. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm trying to think that through on the new ownership because I remember I was getting the inside reports as that yeah. sale was happening and like the merch store was cleaned out, if I remember right. That was like yeah. kind of the info, like the brand and stuff was leaving. Yeah. And if that's the case, Maybe they don't have a rule for that, which is an interesting wrinkle yeah. too. But I mean, boy, it would be the move to like say, hey, good times are back because that is how they seem to think of that original owner within Lexington. They really need that vibe right now because people are down on that team in Lexington. Yeah. Just to circle back to what you're saying from the one tweet here, it was from uh, Alden Flowers. Alden mm -hmm. underscore flowers one on Twitter for those that are wondering. Yeah, he did he was, good reporting on this today. Yeah, he was the main one, and we were retweeting a lot of stuff. And the tweet in particular we're talking about was from uh, from him saying, "No new name today. The team name will be announced February fifteenth." Andy Sandler mentions that fans may see billboards saying, "Quote, it will be legendary." Unquote. 
says to draw your own conclusions, but don't be surprised if your guess is incorrect, which would imply from all the other branding and pictures from today's press conference that Legends would be the obvious guess and that it may not be that. Um, make of that what you will. But like I said, the Instagram handle has changed to Lexington Legends, and you would imagine that you would not be changing the handle unless you want to reserve it. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to remember if the handle was because there was the one I think it was Instagram where they just never changed the handle. The handle was always Lexington yeah. Legends last year, which is weird. I'm, yeah, I, I'm curious about the branding. I could probably do a deep dive into some of the the paperwork and actually figure that out. But that's a lot of good that does us right now. So just something to we'll see. But yeah. I hope they bring it back. I think it'll be a good move. I've always said it's a great brand. It, it, I wear a lot of baseball merch. Shout out to the Roxy Trash Bandits who just sent me some cool stuff and a nice. koozie, a trash can koozie. Amazing. Uh, but Astral affiliate. Back to the topic at hand. I, I'm optimistic about this. I'm as optimistic yeah. as it can be about Lexington baseball. If I'm honest with you. Um, yeah. The, I was in the midst of a point I was going to make. I remember it was a legends point. So I wear a lot of baseball merch obviously and a lot of wild brands the one i get the most positive comments about is the lexington legends brand people love that logo they mention it reliably one of every three times i'm wearing it out like it's that's a crazy number if you think about it uh yeah probably last year 10 different people stopped and were like oh cool cool shirt and i was like yeah they can't believe they got rid of it because they're dumb and then they got a rant from me about andy shea which they didn't seem to appreciate it very much, but I don't know. I felt like they could use the background. Maybe I misread the situation. Uh, yeah, I, I feel good about though, and you've really seen as well as I have. Yeah. The this whole cycle. What do you think? It, it is going to be an uphill battle, but uh, yeah. I, what's your I read do, here, man? I I like it a lot better. I'm also trying to judge off of some of the comments on like the Twitter announcement and the Instagram. Comments like one that kind of jumps out to me here is this one guy commented uh, the fact that I, as a diehard and longtime Legends fan from the first season, actually bought Genomes gear but not Counterclock's gear it says a lot about how I feel about the name change and how I feel about its longevity. It feel which also I wonder who is spending money on Genomes gear. Can we take a moment? To Honestly, dude, the 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 merch is pretty cool. If you recall, that color scheme was kind of a vibe. It was, it was out like the there a little bit. Yeah, it was like pink and like kind of a light blue and then black. The hats color. worked. Yeah, the hats worked well. And then we did like a black Miami Vice kind of styled jersey. That was kind of a vibe too. But mm. I, I get it. But I've heard this take before. And also I've heard the take of the counterclocks might have been screwed by the number of people who might have bought Genome's gear the year before. And they're like, I'm not buying new gear again. Like, So there's a lot happening there, man. Yeah. To answer the extra question, though, but yeah, judging by that fan reaction, it definitely seems like they wanted to change. They wanted to go back to something familiar. They wanted to go back to a brand that, quite frankly, you know, the market kind of associated with this is a good brand. It just so happens that the last year or so was uh, an ownership issue, not a brand issue. And like, I understand, you know, uh, the Lions ownership group wanting to distance themselves from, uh, the chaos that had happened in the not so recent past. So I understand wanting to go with a new brand. We've talked at length in the past why the rebrand rebrand 
may have been rushed or not fully fleshed out and the market saw through it. And that was the problem. So from a branding perspective, I think going back to Lexington would be or back to the legends would be a positive thing. I like this ownership group having someone like Alan in there that knows the market, knows what works. Now, obviously, again, kind of like we were saying, you know, about half hour ago when we were talking about uh, YOLO, where it's ownership that hasn't owned independent ball before. This is a little mm-hmm. bit different because you have a guy that's been in minor league ball before. And so there are, you know, crossover in it. There's definitely, you know, carryover. There's a lot that's different, but there's a lot that's similar too. So take that for what it is. I'm interested to see where it goes. And maybe, maybe it's nothing and it probably is, but I find it interesting that the baseball group that acquired them, two of the other brands they own are both Southern markets, I believe both in North Carolina, both are single A. And if you believe rumored expansion, Charlotte and Nashville are two of the big ones in the East. Lexington, Kentucky fits in the footprint there for a single mm-hmm. A. And we're well, saying that, yeah, yes, and there's some work being yeah. done in the ballpark to make it more of like a single or double A level. And if it's new and, you know, while we were doing some work in the guest facing area, maybe we upgrade the baseball facilities too. not because we want to go back affiliate. We're happy in the Atlantic League or Frontier League, if that's where we wind up at. But, you know, because we want to try and make it easier on our management and baseball ops group to get guys in here. if They have a couple of offers or some BS like that. And then what do you know? One group doesn't live up to the development standards in the contract. They get booted or an expansion team comes in and, hey, we're right here. We're ready to go ahead and jump in and take their place. You know, I wouldn't be stunned. Quite a theory. Quite yeah. a theory. Just saying, it's just it's odd for groups like this, like uh, was it Diamond Group, to take on independent clubs. It's a bit odd. A lot of them are just like one-off owned, or one guy owns two of them. You know, it's just it's a bit odd when the rest of your portfolio is affiliated minor leagues or summer college or something like that. You know, I don't want to call them safe investments, but certainly more predictable than indie ball is to then add this wild card asset into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it also does seem to be a pretty good deal. Now there's a lot of my needed to put into the stadium, which we've talked about a little bit in the past mm-hmm. and I'm not a hundred percent sure what inside infrastructure wise was done. I know there were renovations made over the past year, which probably helped push <laughs> the current mm-hmm. ownership or the now former ownership out a little bit. I, I think it, is noteworthy as a positive for the ownership and as a thing to watch if you are the league uh, that according to the paperwork here this team was sold for the it was all sold just over a year ago for 4.3 almost 4.4 mil uh, it was sold this time around for 3.2 mil, losing a $1.2 million in value in about 15 months. About, so, so that's roughly that is about 25% wild. of its value. Yeah, dude. That is yeah, not good. Not good. Hey, look, not really a stock guy outside of that Ford stock I've been holding since I was 10. Uh, but I'll tell you, that's not what you'll want to see. 
it's noteworthy at best, which I think is a way to phrase that. Yeah. And what was the, yeah, you would know this better than I would. What was the expansion fee for the Atlantic league again? That was like, I think partially waived for them. Okay. But But I'm just saying, I still think it it was six figures. Okay. I think it was six figures. Okay. So, you know, like part of me is almost like, are you better off just folding the team and then immediately petitioning for an expansion team in that market and totally gaming the system? Now, the people that have to make the decision to let you in may be like, no, you're not doing that. But if it's only a six figure versus having to pay, you know, a certain amount. Well, I mean, like there's a stadium to work out too, but like what I mean is if you wanted, let's say you weren't buying the legends, but you were buying a spot in the Atlantic league is what I'm saying. If you wanted to be in Lexington, you could just be like, I'm not going to buy it from at least what I heard. There weren't too many people bidding on that exact team and stadium setup. Right. So you just be like, Hey, I'll just let him die out. Lions can't hold it. Can't afford to hold it. If he's desperately trying to sell it after one year, he'll have to fold the team on it. I could buy the stadium on the cheap and then just go, Hey, Atlantic league. Want to be back in Lexington? Let me in with a uh, expansion fee instead. Possible. I mean, there's the a obvious, risk involved in that too, which yeah, is and the obvious hang up is, you know, the uh, running of the league would be like, no, not doing that. Yeah. And, and the other one being from 2019, this team has lost affiliation, lost a season, actually in opposite order, lost a season, lost affiliation, uh, got sold by an owner after very public reports of issues sold by another owner after public reports of issues. Already, I feel like they're on thin ice with people forgetting or not even realizing that they're there. The second season there in the Atlantic League, I still spent most of my conversations telling people that, yeah, the Legends are here. They play indie ball. Here's what indie ball is, whatever. Like That was after they won a championship. So I worry what an extra year of sitting around would have done both to the reputation and awareness and that ballpark honestly that thing is that thing was clinging clinging to life at the time i think it's it gotta have been a little better couldn't have gotten worse well don't say that you can say like everything can get worse no tell me about it i've woken up in the morning just like this show every week can't get worse Nah, here we are we have anything else to say about lexington before we Get the last piece of news out of the way and then talk about the coaching carousel we promised last week. Tons, but not here and not now. I'll sum All right. Up. You want to summarize what we've been saying? Eh, you know, just this is this is an organization that's in trouble, but this is probably the best possible result if they want to have a chance at succeeding. And if you're a Lexington fan, this was the best option for you. Uh, with a familiar face. And while, yeah, there is no experienced ownership on the Indie Ball side, Alan Stein being involved in some way after being in some advisory role last year and seeing some Indie Ball is a good thing. So this is as good as you can feel. If you want the team to succeed, you might have to go and, you know, take part in it, go out there, see what a game is like right now and be vocal about what you want to see because I think that is also 
an owner group that knows they're already walking into a very vulnerable position and they don't have a lot of wiggle room to ignore the fans because that's been done a couple of times already and it's not going well. Hmm. Well put. Well put. I got moments. You were that kid in school. So generally disruptive, but every once in a while, you know. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Actually, good read. Really good read. Yeah, true. See, it only took two years of working with kids for me to figure you out. Bro, it has taken longer and I still don't have it figured out, but you seem about there. Yeah, every once in a while I get one. <laughs> uh, the last piece of news, uh, Frontier League tryout camp is going to be April 22nd to 23rd in Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's the same deal as every year with the tryout uh, festivities and activities. You know, you go through the workouts and then they go ahead and post who's going to come back, who's not going to come back, have the simulated games, have the draft at the end of it, yada, yada, yada. You know the deal. If you listen to this show at any point over the last half decade, you already know what this tryout's about. Link is in the description, or rather, link is on the website under the show notes tab. Go to episode 255. It'll be there. You can click the link, read it all for yourself, and register if you're interested in attending. And it's a league tryout. We say the same thing every year, no matter who's the other co-host. It's it's good if you are trying to play in the league. If you're not, it means nothing to you. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. That's, yeah. That seems like a good description. Yeah. And it's also kind of expensive at points. Each league likes to charge mm. their own number. Yeah. I don't know. I stay out of the uh, yeah. trial conversation for the most part. Yeah. I'll say some I, of these leagues like are charging like 400 plus. It's like, okay, boys. Easy there. So yeah. that's like a half a month salary. Yeah. And it's like, look, this should be like around the hundred. 200 realm okay for being honest with ourselves here like about a hundreds right yeah man yeah uh, that's a tough conversation i don't know that i'm ever really ready to have that one because yeah. it, it's complicated and depends on okay. every single individual so there's no way to like say it with like a general you know uh, okay. general okay. anything yeah i'll put it like this the more expensive ones there should be more than just your own league scouts there. Facts, yeah. There should be other independent leagues and ideally some major league teams or like Mexican league team scouts there. So that way you're getting a bigger lookout. It should be more of a showcase than a league tryout. But that doesn't really work for the league. So right. that's just my point. Mm -hmm. and, and the weird thing is too is as we both know, it's a lot of who you know. So if you show out and your team can't take them, but you're a manager and you know, like, oh, well, my friend manages over in the Frontier League and they need a certain amount of rookies and this dude qualifies a rookie over there. Let me toss his name over to there. Then they go ahead and look at the guy. Like, that's how that works for a lot of, like, lower roster positions when you're filling it out. Mm -hmm. And also, like, yeah. can you get to Troy, New York in, like, 12 hours? Yeah, let me just throw all my stuff in the back of my car and fly out there as fast as I possibly can. Last time you threw has always got to be two days ago. Just <clears throat> right out there. Yeah. Don't say yesterday. Well, well, unless, well, unless you're throwing tomorrow. So, you know, yeah. Time it out. Think about that answer very carefully. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't put too heavy on that bullpen. 
Yeah. How many pitches he threw two days ago? Oh, you know, about thirty. Yeah, about two, three, three days rest tomorrow. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you did one in your belief. Had that ready quick. <laughs> Not 30. Do I know what's funny? In my head, my answer was 24. Yeah. Yeah. 24, you know. Went about an inning in the third. Inning in the third, left the guy on. Went back, I stretched <laughs> out. I kept it on. the boys. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh immediately, it's like, okay, I know how I have to answer this. It's like, he gets yep. enough regular work where we trust him. But he didn't throw enough to where he's not useful to you. Yeah. Keep, just keep a number on hand, man. Exactly. And it's always like how the outing go. You know, it went pretty good. Felt good, man. Felt good. I mean, working out a couple new things. Yeah. I think what? It's, uh, it's looking really good. Yeah. How long did you go? Inning in third, inning two thirds. Why'd you use that many pitches? It's a long battle. One guy kept fighting him off. What you, what you really want is just always say that. Feeling good, man. I got a little new something I'm working on. And they'll, if they ask what it is, eh, a little, just a grip change. It's a grip change. They don't know what the grip was. <laughs> just, just show them the same grip you've been doing. <laughs> uh, uh, dumb yeah. as hell. I get that. But I'm also not wrong. <laughs> Can you tell we talk to players and coaches a lot? Dude. And like, and the funniest thing is, like, like they yeah, know I it like, too. You don't get a job. Like, they, the players know it, and the yeah. coaches know it. But we're all just doing the charade because that's showbiz, baby. Like, exactly. And it's like the hey, one dude that's honest. Two days ago, you're born because the promise. The one dude that's honest is never getting signed. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if you're honest, you're always like, up. Yeah. always up a tick. By the way, yeah. back to where it was. Maybe if you want to go that route, back to where it was. Yeah, it's up a tick. A... Oh yeah, bud. <laughs> oh yeah, where you throwing before? Yeah, you know, high eighties, low nineties. Where are you at now? Low nineties. That shifted the rise and store really loosened it up for you. I get that. Been there, oh. been there, dude. Oh god. Speaking of coaches, we got to go through some managers, and by some, I mean four leagues worth. So let's get started. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm hating. By the way, I am absolutely not. I am in it. Oh. I am. I just. I think it's funny how consistent it is. I'm yeah. transparent. Moment. I have spent some tough conversations trying to get American rugby coaches to pay me to play as an undersized American rugby player. Bro, I get it. I just think it's funny how we're all playing the same game. Because yeah. the grind never changes. It's it, dude. Never it's always changes. the same. Come on, yo. That's what the same stuff they've been saying in the 1900s. When you need the dude off the box car to be like, "Can you throw today?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I've been throwing a couple of days." throw faster lately got this new grip they said the same thing and you know it like oh we need someone to to fight in the the gladiator matchup coming up uh how's your sailing been pretty good pretty good in a small confined area did a new thing with the sail but actually getting a little bit better back to where it was during the war actually it's the same thing guys like i'm working on my hand movements get the script oh okay. yeah let's run through this carousel so We're dumb as hell <laughs> We're going to go ahead. We're going to list every manager that we know, every opening that's there, and what we think is the case on some of these other ones. And uh, we'll go ahead. We'll say team like Charleston, PJ Phillips, what we think of the hire. And maybe we give it a grade, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, F, you know, whatever it may be. So let's get started on it because it's probably going to take a minute to get through. Yeah, probably. We'll try to keep it moving a little bit. We don't need to elaborate on everybody. Yeah, some guys. Yeah, it's gonna be tempting. 
yeah, it's going to be tempting to elaborate. I think we just need to say it. It's going to be tempting to elaborate on, you know, some of the guys that have been around longer, but I think there's maybe less to even elaborate on and we should yeah. maybe keep those moving. So we'll see how it goes. But Exactly. And some of these other guys we've along. talked about a lot, like when they first got hired, like Mark Mason, you know, we've talked a lot about why like it's a good fit in Hagerstown. So you could just, you know, if you're a regular listener, you already know if, you know, you're new to the game, just go back a couple episodes and listen to it then, you know. Again, yeah. website's great. Look through the show notes for the guy you want to find. Odds are we probably talked about it in the last two months. So that's so true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cover some ground. Exactly. Yeah. Cover That's some cool. ground, man. Working on a new pitch grip. <laughs> a new technique and dress workout. Let's up a stick. <laughs> when did you last pitch? <laughs> Dude, a couple days ago. Oh, uh, good. About 30 pitches? 20 shifts, 25, yeah. Oh, like that, good. dude. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Glad, so you got over that injury with the arm? Dude, fresh as ever. It wasn't really an injury, it was just a little sore. It's all right, overused, but that was just a little tired. You know, got worked a little too just hard. tired, man. Just a little overused. Yeah. That was a while ago, though. You yeah. can use me. I'm tired. Yeah, just like, yeah. I just was going back to back first time I did that in a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. It hits me a lot. Yeah, no, start only went two, three innings, so I had to pick up the slack and throw two and throw two or three innings. You know, arm wasn't used to that use. <laughs> let's start with a favorite around here we'll go with charleston we'll go pj phillips thoughts of the higher uh good hire i mean cards on the table i'll know that either of them were super excited to work together again but you know andy needs a manager people don't necessarily you know they're not lined up to work with andy right now uh pj's dealt with andy before and um you know it's better than Jersey currently, which is saying something. So yeah, I think it's a good move for all. It's a good move for all involved. Uh, I think it's probably more of a short, short term thing, but yeah, I mean, PJ, if you track it, like he's won down at the Pacific association level, he's won his first year in the Atlantic league. He took Jersey with all the weirdness that was going on there. It took them damn near the championship. So, yeah, it's a good bet. The guy delivers. We'll see what kind of roster he has the freedom to make. I feel like he might kind of have. I don't know. Could go either way, man. Could have Andy over a barrel a little bit, and that way he has to, mm-hmm. you know, actually fork over some cap for a good roster. But he also might be. Who knows what the financial situation is there? It could be an interesting year. Yeah, I like the hire too. I think he wins just about wherever he goes, and he obviously knows how to handle difficult situations and. Uh, Overall, Charleston is a market that we've seen people be willing to go to in the past and working in the past. And, you know, I think he can definitely make it work there. And I'm interested to see, especially now with the realignment there, is that a situation where he can win that division at least one part or put them in a position where a wild card opens up, they can take it. I don't know if that's necessarily the case because I believe Charleston's still a South Division team, right? Yes. Okay. And then they're going to have to, well, then again, no, because Gastonia is not really going to be Gastonia anymore. So Could be. It, it is a... Here and we're going to see some familiar faces. Oh, okay. Well, then that, that changes the game a little bit. That changes the game a little bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so that's the case. If there are, if the important faces return, then in that case, then, I mean, there's two giant obstacles in the way. So we just shall see. We shall see. Overall, though, uh, if we had to give it a letter grade, where would we give this? Oh, um, are we doing one? Or are we doing one for each? Are we doing like one for the team, one for the manager? 
Just one wanna, overall. How'd, how'd, one overall. We need to keep this moving. Um, you know? I think it's a B plus. I mean, think about yeah. it. It's a owner who a B. didn't yeah. have anybody lining up to be there, and he managed to get somebody who he won a championship with already. Yeah, all right. I agree with that. I think it's a solid hire. I think uh, I was going to say a B, B plus, and that's right in that range too. I think it's. Uh, I think you're right. It's a B for the signing, and I gave it the plus for the fact that I don't. I avoided alternatives. Mm, fair. So uh, let's move on to the next one, Hagerstown with uh, Mark Mason. We talked a lot about this when Mark was first hired there. Uh, I don't have an exact number uh, episode when we talked about it, but I'll throw it in the show notes. So uh, I guess just rehash that. Uh, Our general thoughts on it were experienced guy. He can put together a winning roster. He did a lot with a traveling team last year and made them I'm not going to say competitive, but they weren't an easy game. So that votes a lot in their favor. With York, he had a lot of good years, and he's a settling presence, which is exactly what you want for a new team. And overall, there's a lot worse you could have done in that regard. And if he can be here even for just three or four years, it was a good decision to bring him in. I share a lot of sentiment. I mean, we already talked about it. We're kind of on the same page with this one. Um, I I do... hmm. I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to have trouble in the letter grade here because it's a complicated one. It yeah. was brought up in a and a question that you know yeah. his record's not great. <laughs> really, it's not. It's basically 500, and that's and he. But I do think a big part of it is he's getting the job because of who he is, who he knows, and yeah. not in like a bad way. It sounds very bad. Yeah, nepotism it's way, more, but... it's because you need somebody who knows the way around the league, knows his way around the player market, and all that. So that's a, a huge win, and he's good. With fans, that's a good win for a new comp, uh, a new team that's trying to establish the brand in that community. So yeah, a, a good signing. Yep. Will we say that's another B there? I wasn't necessarily going to go that far. Like um, a C plus. Look at C plus. C plus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel kind of in the sense of it's a match that makes sense for a lot of guys. There's probably better managers out there, but for a first year organization going with you know old reliable is you know obviously a, a safe bet and one that's probably a good decision ultimately yeah i think that well said yeah. uh moving on to high point jamie Keith returns um i pretty much love the way he runs his team he always put together a competitive team just but everywhere he's gone he's had success and that's been the case with high point um, hopefully this is the year they get over the over the hump. And honestly, like I know we're just grading the manager, but look at the overall staff here. I like his staff a lot too. Bert's a great guy. For having Frank Viola on staff is you know always a positive too. So um yeah, I I think I already know what my letter grade is, but I'll let you jump in there. Yeah, I mean we kind of lost it in the shuffle of last year's Gastonia, both the drama and the successes and failures they kind of navigate through hmm. but high point had a hell of a year i mean what's yeah. their final record here 78 and 46 crazy damn good year. and yeah and they're consistent they tend to do good work with the pitching staff they have they both construct it and develop it well um, they are very good at making the in-season pickups that they need to make they tend to pick up some speed these days when it comes to their I think two straight years now they've sort of picked it up at the end rather than falling off, which was a, a 
issue for a lot of teams, let alone, you know, them a couple times. Uh, yeah, I mean, 2022, they're 71 and 61. So, I mean, yeah, three, the three years he's been there with a brand new team, 64 and 55. I was talking, all right, let's cut at COVID. How about that? 64 and 55 and then two 70 plus win seasons. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Because he knows how to get the most out of the talent on his roster, too. He puts guys in the right spot. And that is so huge. Great, yeah. Are we doing letter grades on? Oh, so we're doing every manager, not just trans the, the new ones, yeah. Yeah, we're wild. Just, might as well. We might as it's well, so weird. you know, yeah. So, what are we thinking? I, I think an A here, to be quite honest. I'll go, yeah. Um, well, because, are we grading him or are we grading keeping him? See, sorry for the weird questions, but that's where my head's at. I mean, like, I guess it's just the overall situation, right? Because that would make the most sense. So, retaining yeah. him is obviously just like a no brainer decision, and then. Him as a manager, I guess. Really, it's I guess grading the manager themselves because really that's right. That's kind of the discussion that we're having here, like what we think yeah. of each manager and what we think of the way they run their team. And the yeah, like, I guess like what I said, like PJ, kind of like a B manager, but a B plus. Yeah. Pickup. Yeah. Like so, I guess yeah, I see you. Like honestly, yeah. the person on the table, I think Mark is probably what I give him a C plus. He's probably a C yeah. C minus manager, but that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah probably a C because guys like yeah. him, but like a C plus pickup as well. Yeah. I, I mean, Jamie. There's really no, there's yeah. no transaction here, but I still think he's probably a B plus, A minus, probably A minus manager. Yeah, I go A minus. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do a minus there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's actually let's knock that C plus. I'll be interested. I I held back that A A plus yeah. because I've got a couple guys in mind, and I'm interested. Okay. I bet we have the same thing. So I'm looking forward. Oh, to Oh, okay. I think we definitely have one in common. We absolutely right. have one, yeah. and I think there's another one we both have in common, both in different yeah. leagues. But yeah. Yeah. Good call. Uh, going to Lancaster now. Ross Peoples returns. Back-to-back champions. Um, overall, complicated one, man. See, here's the thing: because the first half always sucks with them, but the, and the numbers are not that impressive. Yeah, yeah. And like the second half's good, and then it's like as the games start to mean more, they play better, and that's like a mark. Yeah, as a mark in his favor, though, because it's like, yeah, he built that team, but he also built the team with guys that know when it's time. Like, okay, now we're go. Now it's go time. Plus, for what it's worth, he does also move a lot of guys, particularly pitchers, from his team to MLB organizations. Now, again, there's a lot that goes into that, but still, it, it's worth something there. I don't know where to grade him on this one. Like, it's just tough. It's, it's, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways to look at it. Yeah, it's a funky one. I mean, two championships, two championships. At the end of the day, he's, he's delivering. So you got to kind of think of it from that perspective before anything else. Um, yeah. Boy, am I... Because my gut says B-, minus. but how do you give a B- minus to a guy who's won two in a row? Yeah. like that be B, B+, plus, B? I would go B because, like, B I'm going to go. Oh, I'm tempted to be bust, though. Here's the thing, oh, though, because no. I was like almost just judging off of regular season results. I'm almost like C plus, but then the double championship thing instantly right. got to raise you up to B bare minimum. I'm going B. I'm feeling that B. Yeah, I'd agree with B. Yeah, I'd agree with B because, like, here's the thing: it's like, is he one of the top three managers in this league? He's certainly knocking at the door. Yeah, yeah, I actually would probably put him number two. Yeah. 
All right. Moving on to Lexington, that's still to be determined, although we have our beliefs. Yes. So do we want to go into that or leave? Nah, we'll let it ride for now. Okay, we'll let it ride. No need to crack that open necessarily if it's not going to happen. Fair. That's fair. And also, I don't feel like dealing with breaking that, if I'm I'm really honest. (laughs) You're going to be breaking a different person when you're honest. Oh, God. Uh, anyway it'll be fine it'll be fine lexington hang in you already got a whole segment today so you got nothing to complain about right um uh moving on long island lou ford gets the call your place is wally backman this is such a it's hard to say because there's no precedent to go off of here he's been a player coach for a long time so i guess we go off for something like that he's a guy that's still in touch with the player today i guess will be a way of parting it he seems to be fairly well liked He's a company man as far as Long Island's concerned. Right. Uh, but, and, and you'd assume he's able to work within that structure because he's worked within that structure for like a decade plus now. So that bodes in his favor, but I really don't know what to make of his managerial chops. So it's hard to say, but he also was in the majors for a while. So he's got to, you know, know the game well enough there and to put yourself in a position to even where now and what, your mid-40s, you're still performing at a fairly high level on the field, tells me you understand what it takes to be successful. But then there's the in-game tactic side of it where it's like, okay, it's a lot different being a player versus being a coach, and being a player coach is different than both of those things. So I, I don't really know where to grade him on this. Um. My gut says C because we don't know anything. Yeah. But it's an I also feel data like if he got that job, he got that job from people who know his work and they got that job probably with at least some form of input from some of the players there and the other coaches maybe even who know him and the fans who know him. Yeah. So I, I'm going to leave it as C plus for now with a big old wait and see, because that could be even better. I think C plus just based on what we know about him already. We'll see what the end game looks like. We'll see what the, like, I don't know. I feel like he's probably for the boys. That's yeah. the vibe I get, but yeah, I can we'll see learn that. a lot, you know, making all the decisions day to day. See, I wonder how much for the boys he is when You've been a company man at Long Island for so long. Now, that's I not know. to say they're anti-player, but they're very no, much pro-the-duck system. They are very much the company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's almost how you refer to Long Island going forward, is the company. Right. I, I'm going to stick with my C+, plus, bordering on a C, but I'm going to give it a C+. Plus I was going to say a C, just because that's the middle tier grade. But yeah, I know. I'm. Part of me feels like I should have gone C, but we're, we're in it now. Yeah. What's hard is to, like... When you know Mark Mason, we said it's a C. It's like, is he equal to uh, that? Yeah. Well, I'm like, is it by comparison or is it just standing on its own? C's a wide grade. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, C is the grade you get in college because you earned it and also because, like, you did it the right way so the professor doesn't want to fail you. <laughs> that's the wide variety on C. Seems to mean you suck at tests or graded essays, and it could also mean like you were just like real with the professor, and they're like, "I respect that." So, I think actually here's the real life connection I'm seeing is a C means you're good enough. You haven't done anything crazy bad. You haven't 
done anything wildly impressive, but there's the potential there for either thing to happen next. There's yeah. the potential for this. If you become a massive success, I will not be surprised. If you become a complete failure, I will not be surprised. Like, I think that's where we are with some of these. Okay, so kind of a big, kind of a big job for Mark Mason, by the way. That's a different conversation. We don't need. We're not going to go backwards, but that's something to think about. Yes, yeah. Mark kind of needs one. It is the like that. We're going to resist the urge to go into it, but yeah, mm -hmm. realistically, I don't want to say like and put overly importance on it, but like what Mark does over the next two or three years could really dictate the course of a franchise. And I don't think that's too much of an exaggeration. It's a little bit, but not too much. And man, if you can come through in the situation he's been put in, yeah. I think it puts him for, it gives him a couple mulligans. Like yeah. that's what it's about. Like you don't want to have one where you're like, dude, if this year's a garbage fire, even if it's somewhat out of my hands, that could be it. Yeah. You don't want that. And I feel like if this is a rough year, of course, there's a new team, whatever, but he could be getting close to that. Yeah. I think, I think though, a good year in this situation, they're like, dude, Mark, he's Mark, baby. He's that guy. Like, and, and the thing is, again. too, because of the situation it is, what a good year is, is a lot different in Hagerstown than it is in right. York than it is in, say, Long Island. Because I think Long Island, particularly, is in a situation where it's like, there's been some down years here. It needs to change because yeah, Long Island doesn't do bad right. for that many times in a row. No, no, I, you know. I'll, I'll well, see to Mr. Atlantic League. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, as I think about yeah. really what you, you brought up a good point of yeah. what is good yeah. and what is success. And you know what? It's, I hate to say, no, no, I don't think it's anything wrong with it. No. I think success is at the end of the year at the owner's meeting, Hagerstown is saying, yo, we're glad we did that. We're glad we went, Mark. That was the guy. Yeah. That was our guy. We got him and we're glad we did because that is the kind of thing that resonates. So hopefully that's the vibe. And look, I mean, he's got a good reputation too. Like it's not like he needs to fix anything. It's just, no, hey, he's not, it's the just, winning ways have drifted a little bit. So that's something that. Yeah. And it could have just been, an yeah. And it could have just been, it got stale in York. That happens. Yeah. It gets stale in York. No, he was there does. for a long time. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to change it up. Yep. But, I feel you. Yeah. And I mean, it's the North division. There's some weaker opponents in the North. That is accurate i'm interested to see how that goes it just takes three good weeks in the north to really put yourself mm -hmm. in a good spot likewise though it also just takes about 10 bad days to put yourself in a really bad spot so that's the fun of the north uh speaking of yeah speaking of traditionally northern teams southern maryland which is now a southern team which is a little weird stank Clyburn up yeah um it means the obvious of, yeah. I mean, you got to win. Yeah. I mean, it's but, just always something with them. And I don't know, but I don't know if it, where it comes from. It's, it could, that's the one where it could very easily not be a stand thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a hard it, place. They never be. have more than like two or three guys with major league experience on the roster at a given time. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that it's a stand issue. I, yeah. I just think it's, it's like one of those guys is Daryl. Like right. permanently, and then it's like normally by like end of July they were poached to hell. So it's and where they are, it's just so far away from everything. It's not exactly yeah, like it's a tough one. Like I get it, guys are happy to get the opportunity to play, but like let's be real for a minute. If you got your choice between say Lancaster, Southern Maryland, or somewhere in the association, like I don't know. 
call it Milwaukee or Kansas City, you know, we know where the tier list would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, my thing when it comes to Stan is always, here's his indie ball track record, is missed playoff. This is going back to 2011. Missed the playoffs, missed playoffs, missed playoffs. Lost league finals, but I believe in 2015. I'm trying to right? Yeah, I'm trying to just jog memory. Was that league finals as in the Atlantic League finals? I think it might have been. Believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, they made it to the final then, that year and then they got their brain speed. And I think it was like a 3 1 series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like that. And then yeah, he went Preston to New Britain, missed playoffs, missed playoffs, missed playoffs. Uh, COVID year, lost in first round, lost in first round, missed in the playoffs. So that's one playoff series win since 2011. That's not, look, I'll be the first one to say playoffs are random, but like it is one of those things where like, I mean, damn, it's an 18 league for like most of that time. So it's a little yeah. tough. That and also a lot of times in there, you had teams like the Nork Bears that were on their deathbed. You had teams like... You know, yeah. the Road Warriors in there. You had some other teams that were just kind of, you know, piecing it together, limping along. I mean, there there were some weaker opponents in there, too. That being said, though, every year, at least since I started doing it, at least one person that's covering the Atlantic League always says, Southern Maryland this year, they got a good team. And they always have their paper champions. And every year, like since I think it was 21, I kept saying, they're the Carolina Hurricane or Florida Panther of the Atlantic League, where every year we go in saying, this is the year. Look at this team. They're going to be good. They're going to learn from last year. They return some pieces. The veterans are always going to be great. And then it's always something comes up. They have a bad two weeks. They lose one or two key guys. Normally it's batters because they don't have any of them really to begin with. And then they fall just short. And it's like, oh, well, they did it again. So, like, but the consistency to keep being in that position, though, does mean something at this level. And so, like, I know we got to make a decision because we can't run too long on any one person. Yeah, we are running. But, but, like, it's so hard. I I hate to go with the B because it feels so generic. But given the circumstances that are there in Southern Maryland and the consistency that is there, that's a result that a lot of teams, I think, would like to have. If you could consistently do what Southern Maryland does, which is above 500 in playoff contention for a while and occasionally make the postseason. Because playoffs are hard. It's... Yes. Yeah, keep, yeah. You know, and again, like to do it for as long as he has means something. So I'm almost like B minus or B is where I'm kind of at. Yeah. And like, you know, they're they are they're competitive every since COVID. They're like forty three games over five hundred. If my math is right, and that's good. That's really good. Yeah, man. It's so, just these other teams are better. Unfortunately, I know. I mean, though he does tend to do it with a. We talk about not getting MLB guys in, but he yeah. tends to do it with a roster, fairly quiet roster. Yeah. That still we all look at it and go, damn, it's a good roster. Yeah, and like, the pitching's so, always good too. Like he right. has, and an so identity. it's not to write off what he's got in front of him, and also yeah. not to say he's not involved in that. Yeah. And I mean, hmm. pitching an indie ball is really hard. We always say every year that's the toughest thing to find, and he always finds it. So that says something. Yeah. 
So what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking I'm giving out certain grades too much because yeah. if I really objectively look at it right now, I got Jamie Keith A minus, and then Ross PJ. Yeah. Realistically, I have them both at a B ish. Yeah. I feel like stands in B to B minus territory. That's exactly where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm really, going to be in a B minus. I here's my thinking. Everybody else has a B has at least one championship. Stan doesn't got that. That's why I'm thinking B minus. Because yeah, post success to that. does matter. Yeah. I'll go B minus on that. All right. So B minus. In fact, yeah. The more I look at it, the more I'm like pretty confident it might be minus. Okay. Yeah. All right. Aspire City on hiatus, so they don't count. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan Island, Mark Minikazi. He's new in there. He's bad around Aspire City. Yep. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, from Aspire City. He goes from Aspire City, from the Genome, from. West Virginia slash Charleston. Um, new team every year. We've talked about him in the past when he was hired. Again, dig back through the archive to find that episode. So we'll be quick about it. Um, seems like a pretty good hire. Could definitely stabilize the ship. Could do a lot worse overall. Uh, I think maybe be in a situation where you don't have to worry about your job stability every year will help out a lot. And I think maybe going and trying to get people into Stan Island maybe a little bit easier. If he has the backing of the front office, that'll help a lot. And quite frankly, that's a market where we saw improvement from year one to year two. I think they're primed to go from year two to year three again. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit easier to win over there. Or at least the expectation isn't the same. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning a cautious C+, which it feels that. low. I want to look B minus. My thought process is other than that late run they made to get in the playoffs his first year at Charleston. It was only your Charleston was first year in the league. Mm-hmm. Really nothing. I mean, the results haven't been there, but with that said, he's now had four straight years. He's going into year four in the Atlantic league every single time having to build or rebuild a roster fully because he's going from one team to another to a team that didn't exist, all that. Mm-hmm. So, I, if he can kind of put together a solid season in Staten Island, which is almost a rebuild of its own, but they picked up some momentum at the end of last year. I think we could easily be talking about him as a B, potentially B plus manager at the end of this year. It's just that right now you can only have so much to go on and it's kind of holding a C plus right now for me. Yeah. Like I feel like his true grade is about a B, Hmm. but you can't go off of what you think is possible here. It's really great on what you've done so far. And in that regard, I would say he lines up probably, probably about a C. I think he's kind of in the same, almost in the same boat as Lou Ford, where instead of being a first year manager, it's just, he's never really got a fair set to work off of. He's never really had the right environment to be in. And so now to finally kind of have that as close as he's going to get to stable environment, now is when we can really start to evaluate. Agreed. And it's a good spot for him because I'm looking at it. If they go 10 games under 500, he's a C plus now. We might put him at a C. Mm-hmm. If they go 10 games over 500, we could put him at like an A minus, honestly. So yeah. kind of a good spot to be in. All right. So we're going to say C plus or? Yeah, I'm sitting C plus on it. Okay. Yeah, we could go C plus on it. All right. So then in that case, we have 
Uh, two more Atlantic League teams here. York with Rick Forney up next here. This is tough because like Winnipeg Rick Forney is, I think, a different guy than Atlantic League Rick Forney, but only one year in the league. It's a bit different when you're building your roster. Um, I'm willing to give him a lot more slack on that front. And we know what he's capable of doing. He has a proven track record. It's just that first year in York, really, when you think about it, you think about the collapse in the first half and then never really riding the ship in the second half. So it's almost like I want to give the overall manager grade and then the Atlantic League version grade, right? Where like the Atlantic mm. League version grade is like, yeah, C+. Plus. But the actual manager grade is higher than that because you can't just discount, you know, like 15 years in Winnipeg. You just don't throw that away because he had one not-so-great year. So I'm kind of thinking like, and I'm going to be interested to hear what you have to say, but like a B minus B type of situation, I think kind of in the same boat as as Stan. Maybe a little bit more trending B because he has those championships in Winnipeg. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I got it. I think B is right. I Yo, I wouldn't be surprised if things get a little funky in New York this year, though. Um, yeah. This is a, uh, this is going to be this could be a challenging year. It's not. New York is starting to show itself as not the most, the, not the easiest environment to succeed in. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see sort of going to year two how he can adjust, what kind of impact he can make on the processes over there, and, and see what gets done. Because I just I, I've now worked through three years of me hearing from players that they're trying to get out of York. <laughs> so that starts to raise red flags a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on and, and we'll see how he can respond there. But for now, B, not going to read into year one too, too much. And not that it was a bad club. It was just, you know, just I don't done. know. There's nothing really to take it, take from yeah. that last year. It's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which of course not. It's the environment you're playing. You held the gunpoint. They got a cannon out in uh, the outfield. They will put a cannonball through your face. They'll do it. Don't want to go over ten, boys. It's not going to end well. Can't go over ten, boys. No Someone sombreros out here. Right. You boys ever hear of Roman decimation? Every tenth man. So we're going to line you boys up along the third base. Luckily, line. it only takes yeah. nine, though. So that's good. Baseball's <laughs> built for it. Yeah, Stony last team to be determined on their manager because the whole situation is to be determined. So, uh, any real thoughts on that before we, you know? Nah, not right now. I don't even, yeah, I don't got much on that. Let's just yeah. see what the vibe is on them first before anything else. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you don't have to worry about Don't put this on them. Yeah. All right. So finishing off the Atlantic Lake, the top three, Jamie Keefe in the one spot with an A minus. And then it was a three way tie for second between PJ Phillips, Ross Peoples, and Rick Forney. I'll probably go, if I have to, I'd probably go. Jamie, then Ross, then Rick with PJ very close. One of those ones where PJ and Rick were both going to learn about them a lot this year. Of yeah. Well, honestly, well, you'll see. Both are kind of in challenging vibes, both in, you know, settled back in here. It'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the Atlantic, or not the Atlantic, moving on to the American Association, we have Fargo up first with Chris Coast. Hmm. I, I have a soft spot. Yeah. I'm going to be open about that. Um, yeah. That's tough. Jeez. He's a good um, manager. 
Dude, he's a really good manager. He built up Fargo a lot. He's won a championship there. Had a couple of deep playoff runs there. I think it's a B minus. Leicester was worrying. There was not a lot of life. True, true. But I mean, I kind of want to go a little bit higher. I'm thinking more like a B championship matters, man. We've already kind of set the precedent too with the Atlantic League. You win a ship, you're at you're at least a B. You're right. I you know taking that into consideration, probably should have him at B. Yeah, yeah honestly, too. He there's a chance that he would have won more than just the one if not running in for the buzzsaw that was Kansas City. Right. And guys seem to like Fargo. There's something to say for that. Yeah. Fans seem to like him. Yeah, seems to be a good fit. Yeah, I think yeah, B, I'm comfortable with the B. Yeah, I think I'll be there. All right. So I think now we're up to what I think is going to be our first just clean A, maybe even A minus with Kansas City and Joe Calvin Piedra. I mean, uh, dude, he wins wherever he goes. You look at the teams he builds in Kansas City, they're absolutely dominant. I mean, what was it, two, three years ago, we saw one of, if not top five indie ball teams assembled with the one Kansas City team won 70 games out of 100 I mean that's just insane Yeah, like, he won I, I more mean, games playing like 26 fewer than some Atlantic League teams did like, it's gross it's nuts I mean like that alone plus you just see the amount of guys he moves on to the next level and he just keeps going he, it's so impressive. He won with the Jackals. He's won with Kansas City. I feel like if he's not an A or A plus, and there isn't an A or A plus on this board. Honestly, I gave him an A plus, and I did it without yeah. really thinking too hard yeah. about it. Like yeah. usually, you're like, "Oh, are we sure about that?" We have yeah. nah. Like, like got what's it. The Still gets big names in, signs yeah. big names, gets guys promoted out, gets gets a good product on the field for the fans. It's an entertaining product, by the way. Their games are good and fun. Um, manages mm-hmm. pitching well. In-game, does a good job. Off-the-field teams do a great job. Yeah, A-plus. Yeah, every there's no real downside there. So uh, Let's move on to another former manager in the Garden State, but now in the association with Lincoln's Brett Jody. Brett's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, man. I feel like a lot of people feel like he's probably a better manager than he is. He's a good guy, and I like him as a guy. But as a manager, I gotta be honest, I think he's like a C, C plus type of guy. Like, his hallmark kind of pitching, but his pitching hasn't really been there in Lincoln. He never really, like, he won in New Jersey, in Somerset a bit, but Somerset, Somerset. There's a much different thing. It's easy to get to Somerset. such a well-ran organization. Right. In Lincoln, it really hasn't been the same result there. You moved a couple guys on, but not overly many. I've never really seen a Lincoln team under him be overly dominant, but they've also never been truly terrible either. That also being said, I believe it was his Lincoln team that did manage to kind of fumble the bag at the very end against the travel team. That's not what you want to see there when they don't wake up to win a series where it was just win two of three against a team that hasn't won 20 games all year and you lose the last two getting shot out in one of them that's not good at all now granted it's baseball weird stuff happens and when you're playing for nothing but then to like say all right guys the season's over we're not doing anything else after this but if we win this game we can end their season too that's really powerful motivation for really competitive guys so i don't entirely put that on them but like at the same point in time like you gotta beat the Apollos. Like that's that's not good. 
That all said, he still brings in some guys. He still does find talent, and he makes do with what he has a lot. It's just, I understand we set the precedent where if you win a championship, it's a B, and I literally just use that to justify Coach's B. But, like, overall, I feel like he's, like, a CC+. Plus. I'm open to moving it up, but I just want to kind of end that. I went back and forth. I landed on a B. Okay. With, mm, with openness to that falling off. Uh, and the, and he sort of is, I guess I'll just give the, how I ended up there. So my first thought is I'm not mm-hmm. going too harsh on some of the Lincoln results because I know that things can be a bit tight in Lincoln um, and can be a bit, you can be working with some constraints. I get that. However, when your success years came with an organization like Somerset, and your be- your down years are coming with an organization like Lincoln. It starts to make me wonder if it's more the organization you're in than you. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, gonna I, I backed it down to a B, hovering over B minus. But like, if this New York is a garbage fire, it could be more of a like, okay, like yeah. there could be a lot of teams like we know who Brad Jody is. That's all right. And hopefully, <laughs> I mean, again, nice guy rooting for good things, and hopefully, it's not like that. But definitely, uh, it's. But I don't know what uh, the word is I'm looking for. It's not hot seat. That's dumb. That's not a hot seat. It's yeah, just no. uh, he's still a good uh, manager. He's a stable manager. Like it's something that we're watching. Yeah. There's a word there, but I won't come up with it. Somebody's yelling it into their, you know, yeah. podcast app of choice right now. But uh, yeah, it's definitely he's on that radar. Of, like, gotta watch that now. Like, yeah. I honestly, who is it? We we're just talking about. Um, Mark kind of is on that, and Rick Forney kind of that sort of vibe for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. And I, I'll put it like this. This is a year where I need to see Lincoln in the postseason. I need to see it because I'm looking at that division. I'm like, Fargo, probably a playoff team. Kansas City, you kind of pencil them in. There's Winnipeg under Logan Watkins, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But like, that's a team where it could go either way. Sioux City, a team that could go either way. Sioux Falls, very much a team that could go either way. Uh, with Sioux's there, really, they're both in that grouping. And then there's Lincoln. That's a division where when all but two guys make the postseason, I kind of expect you, if you're going to say you're one of the top-tier managers, to guide your team to that point. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm not going to hold it past you if you fall short because you got like, well, then again, it is a pick-your-opponent type thing too. So like, if you wind up with Kansas City, if you fall, if you wind up with Fargo, I'm not necessarily holding that against you because those teams are always, you know, a certain level. I would say like they're kind of, they always produce something a little bit extra. And it's, it feels like they don't have the same restraints. So I'm not going to hold that against you as much. But I need to see competitive games in the postseason. And I definitely need to see a postseason spot. Yeah, no, I agree fully. And speaking of the Sioux, we got both of them up next. Sioux City up first with Steve Montgomery. Mm, what, what's your vibe? Been there a while. Guys seem to like him. He doesn't move that many guys to the next level, but admittedly, the American Association is kind of like the second league as far as moving guys along. Like moves more guys, it's just in the numbers. And it's a bit, I think it's a little bit harder to get scouted in Iowa than it is in, say, Kansas City, just, you know, accessibility-wise. That being said, I mean, he does have some penalty guys. He brings in some kind of low-key guys. You know, Chase Harris is a dude that I like a lot. Solomon Bates had a wonderful year last year, and mm-hmm. same thing with Matt Lloyd. There are guys to produce there, and he has one in the past. However, it's been a minute. 
but he seems to know the area. He seems to really care about the team. People seem to like him overall. B minus, B plus, probably trend a little bit more B minus. Yeah. Um, I, I put him at like a, I put him at a B. Okay. I can live with a B. I'm giving out a lot right now, but it's, it's kind of, a B yeah, is it's kind like, of where I've been with the, a lot of the American association. It's, it's a lot. You. Yeah. If I had to give a numerical value to a B, it'd be like an 84, 85, right? We're yeah. like, and like, I'm pretty happy with that, but there's definitely something that's left on the table. Right. I, I I'm with you there. And I just think, yeah. yeah, it's, that's well said. It's, you know, there's been big years. There, there's been a bit, it's not even a drop off. It's just, you know, it's kind of a little, I want to say plateau, but that's not even it. You, you want it's to see. Milk toast. Okay, fair. I'll let yeah. you ride with that. Yeah. yeah. It's, sorry. That was a hard one. Cause it's one of those ones where it, you know, at no point are you like, Hey, like, yeah, it's a Steve Montgomery team, and you never go, ooh. Yeah. But also, when like Steve Montgomery team, like you're not really like, okay. And, and that's right. not anything against him. It's just like there hasn't been the flashy result, yeah. and there hasn't been that like you know it's, sticks in your head. Like, damn, he really took that team, huh? Like, yeah. Well, the top managers can get it. Uh, they'll have moments where you're just like, dude, this guy. If this wasn't this guy, this team would not be doing what it's doing right now. And yeah. whether that is off the field or on the field, and there hasn't quite been that moment. And that's. Yeah, you know, Steve's been there a while. It, I think there. By the way, there could be, this could be it. You know, with the a good um, emotional pop of we're back, we're in Sioux City, we're here to stay. Like that could be something mm-hmm. good. Get some of the anxiety that was probably hanging around out of there. I think yeah. you know he, this could be setting up for him well because that team did look pretty good there at times last year. Yeah, and two things that came to my mind when you said that. First thing is when you went like when you hear a Steve Montgomery team, I always have the reaction. Yeah, you know, like, okay, let's watch it. Let's see what it is. It's never like, okay. But it's also like, never like that, you know. It's always like, okay, hold on now. Let's wait it out. And it's like after, like, say about five, six weeks, you're like, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. You know, it's like, okay, they got hot, then they got really cold, and then they're just playing, like, they're playing around a little bit. The second thing is, and the one thing, because it does sound like we're kind of like, I don't know about them, I will give them credit. This year's postseason, it was a good run. And that last game against Kansas City was very poorly officiated. Right. Something in that one was was very suspect. I don't want to call it Lakers-Kings-esque because that's a little far. But if you're an Exes fan or had a rooting stake in it for Sioux City, I could understand why you're upset. And there's a reason why I distinctly remember tweeting it going, Man, Josh Shop's phone's gonna be off the hook tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, man. So, Feels like so long ago. I know. Uh, yeah. So I'll give him credit on that. Like, if mm-hmm. that game's umped a different way, them being in Kansas City is, you know, a little bit more surefire, which I believe would have sent them to the final against Chicago. And I feel like Sioux City versus Chicago is a much different series in Kansas City, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, yeah, but you're right. (laughs) Like, it is a different story. It isn't. One could say working the umpire is just part of being a manager. I don't know if I'd lean that heavy in it, but it's worth considering. I don't know. I'm not letting him. I think I gave a pretty beneficial grade with the B I gave, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. 
All right. Let's go to Sioux Falls with Mike Myers, manager of the year, reigning. Uh, mm-hmm. Some tough years with the Canaries. Also gone to a final in the COVID year. We, you can have your thoughts on that for what it is. Um, but also... Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. It's, we're going to have fun tough. talking about Anthony Barone in a minute. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, overall, I think he's a fine manager. You know, I think he's good. Maybe not great. Feels like solid C plus B minus material in my book. Yeah, I was going C plus. Uh, that's kind of where okay. I was sitting there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, good. <laughs> I, I wasn't totally sure. So I'm glad we're on the same level there. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just another good year and we're talking B plus territory, I think, but it's just hard yeah. to shake those couple brutal years. I know it's not all him that there was a lot of external factors on that one, but <laughs> you still can't shake that off right away. So yeah. you know, you're keeping but an eye the, on that for sure. Yeah. And like the birdcage doesn't help you out a lot either. I mean, that's a, not the friendliest of confines. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it doesn't play to certain types of players and he still does have his gems. I mean, Jabari Henry has been a mainstay, uh, Wyatt Ulrich is a guy that's been very successful there as well. So there's definitely guys, there's pieces. But for every piece there is, there's also just like a lot of meh. There's a lot of meh baseball in Sioux Falls. And you can't be a, an upper level manager having meh baseball. So um, my, my this is yeah. this is just bad takey, but I'm just gonna say it. My number one thing very often with managers with struggling teams is Let's not have this take an hour and a half, like to get out of this inning. <laughs> and like, on a, it was a Ross Peoples issue. Those of those of us who sat in Lancaster a lot in 2021 will know that. And, and I, I do see some of those games in Sioux Falls. Where I'm like, Jesus, like, just manage your way out of this inning for like the sake of everybody. But I get yeah. that's not your number one job. But like, if I'm an owner, I'm like, I need a manager who kind of keeps them. If we're gonna go, if we're gonna drop two out of three at home on a weekend, we better not do four hours twice yeah now they're doing four hours but you know what i mean some of those yeah. games taking a while and i know it's the barricades but good lord yeah there uh going to winnipeg logan Watkins first year in winnipeg I believe third year overall because he had the half year and then he had the last full year and then this mm-hmm. so i'll say this okay his interim stretch i was a lot more impressed than with the full year stretch mm-hmm I will say this, he's still a younger dude. He's a guy that is still, I think, trying to figure out and piece it out together. I think Cleaver may not be the always easiest place to be involved with just because, you know, it's kind of far away from everything. It's very hot. It's not necessarily the immediate place you would think of. He's smiling, but the heat is a factor. Winnipeg is kind of like the polar opposite. You know, (laughs) it's like it's the uh, cold uh, miser to Mr. Heat miser. It you know? is. It is. <laughs> so, like, the thing is, though, I think Winnipeg as an organization is better Ram. I think they're an organization that top to bottom screams professionalism. They've been around for a long time for a reason. And the people that are at every level know what they're doing, know how to recruit, know how to organize. And all in all, I think for a guy like Logan, it's a fantastic place to be. We have more thoughts on this on a past episode as well. So keep an eye for that. But overall, I think he's probably a C at where he's at right now because results have to speak for something. He did make the postseason. I thought he made him a couple years in a row. 
but I still need to see a little bit more. I want to see what he does here. It's a C, but if you told me Cleburne was playing in a division final, or dare I even say a uh, Miles Wolf Cup final, I wouldn't be, or not Cleburne, Winnipeg rather, I wouldn't be terribly stunned. And I would say, yeah, I think he is a non-significant part of that, and I bump him up to B or B or B plus. But equally, if the year isn't good, I could very well see him dropping lower. I feel good at a C, or dare I even say a C plus, but I'm feeling a C. Okay, I'm thinking this through again. Well, I'm also rethinking some of the guys around him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm more putting Brentford here to beat my ass. I'm being honest with you. Um, you want to revise it? I'm okay now. I'm fine now. It's all better. Okay, so uh, leave it be. Leave it be. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm good. So, uh, I'm. Would you have Matt? I had him at a C, but I could go to the C plus. Okay. Why? Why are you thinking? I had him at a D. Oh. Possibly could go to a D plus. That Friend feels of bad. the show, Logan. I'm not happy Watkins, saying that. Took time Look, out of his that. day to come on this show. I like show. Logan Watkins, by the way. I like Logan Watkins as a person. I haven't talked to him personally, but I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> he was the person. I but he's hard. What am I supposed to work with? You took someone else's roster, and yeah, you had an okay, you had a, a good interim stretch. Yes. His and it was an easy situation. The second half was phenomenal that first time. I agree around. completely. And then last year was a tough one. And then he got bodied out of Cleburne, and I'm not sold it was for performance. I'm somewhat considering that it was maybe Pete. But, yeah. but what do we have to go on? You know, it's a half a good season, and it's a season that was hard to watch. And now he's going to Winnipeg. Yeah. I feel like it's... Because, okay, if we're putting a lot of new managers at a C, I don't think he's been better than that. So I, I think just, you have to put a minimum C minus, and I'm like, this year was pretty rough at times. I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh and put it at a D. He also lost uh, a lot of guys in that first couple-week period. A lot of big did. hitters left. And as a newer guy that's still establishing the connections, it's it's hard to replace that. Where'd they go again? A lot of them were contract purchases. So some of them were to Mexico and a couple were to... I'm still checking that wasn't missing anything else other than that. Because like, yeah, no. I stumbled into another story from the past year. I was like, oh my God, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, it didn't go underneath situation. The hard truth of it is I kind of bumped it up to a D plus. So I'm kind of like, well... Hmm. I know it's a hard opinion on him and that's probably undeserved, but I don't know because if I'm like, well, I got to bump it up and you're like, why? But, uh, Cause I like him. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I feel bad about it. I don't feel good. I could go. God, uh, this on. Hopefully, hopefully it's going to be on bad. Takes so, soon. so what, what's your final grade for you? And then we'll average it too. Cause I'm going to oh, stand God. at a C. Are you feeling a D, a D plus, a D minus? Like, what are you feeling? Go D plus. Okay. Do D minus. That's weird. Okay. Well, D minus is basically enough at that point. So, like, all oh, it is. All right. So, we'll say C minus. 
just crossed my mind. We go C minus. All right. So that was one where I wasn't expecting that kind of discourse. But Sorry. Yeah. Damn. This Feel is the one where I kind of felt like we may go back and forth on it. It's Milwaukee. It's Anthony Barone. This is an A minus in my book. The dude has pretty much done extremely well from day one. Won a championship. COVID year. I understand, but you play the cards you're dealt. Then he's been pretty much a perennial finals guy to one round shy of it since then. Yeah, it helps when you have like Adam Brett Walker on your team for two years, but he kind of replaced them by, you know, throwing a Keon Barnum in there, throwing a variety of other guys in there. He keeps filling out the roster. His bullpens are always good. He manages the game well. Overall, I like him a lot as a manager. I go on A minus. Yeah, I was going B plus. Okay. Is there Mickey Mouse Pony? A little bit. Um, but this just is what it is. Sorry, that's who I am. But I, uh, I don't know. I, I like him. He's not making. I, I think Milwaukee's found themselves in some big games, and he hasn't done anything that made me go, "Yikes, buddy!" And that's huge because boy, there are a lot of those opportunities in any ball. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It was a really good point. And I, I wish I talked first because yeah, I was gonna say it, and now I don't have as much to say. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he does a good job of, of putting together a good roster and seemingly filling it. it. It looks easy the way he fills holes in that roster as things get you know opened up, rather by contract purchases or injury or whatever. And that's what you need, man. And people seem to be having a good time watching that team in Milwaukee. is a fun team to watch. Uh, yeah, he's getting good results because he has a good roster, but he has a good roster because he's a good manager. So, yeah. you know, I I think a B plus is there sitting right on the edge, like really close to an A minus. All right. So an A minus would not be outrageous here. No, it would not. All right. Because I'm here's the thing too. Keep in mind the twenty two final was also phenomenal there. And why yeah, his team fell behind and had like a clunker of a game in there. He also in an elimination game got a three oh shutout win from his team. And then if you remember that game five, it wound up being, you know, Fargo's victory, but it went ten innings and it was back and forth ball. Like you could argue you know, they blew a fairly large lead. You know, they blew what, a five-run lead. But you can also equally say they put up six runs in the sixth inning. And then, you know. Right. So I could go either way there. I mean, and in fairness to him, of the nine runs that his team allowed, only four were earned. And those were three from his starter and one ultimately from Bartow in the very end. And even yeah. then, he finished the postseason with an ERA under one. Right. And his starter in Shugo had an ERA under two. So I can't really, you know. He had, he his guys just had one bad outing at the wrong time. And like that's gonna happen as baseball. Yeah. I mean I'm with you. Yeah. I'm E plus on it, but yeah. not that's not a shot. It always yeah. feels bad when it's like it's a good grade, but like somebody else should give it a higher grade and you're like, well, damn it. <laughs> but yeah. it's it, you know. I, I just think it's less on why it's less on me not thinking of him as highly. It's more me just the way I think of what an A is. Maybe, Fair. Possibly. Yeah, I'm also giving a little bit of a friend of the show bump oh, no. too. Awesome so. Okay, there we go. Let's get cards yeah. on the table. That's a little bit of a bump there too. I still probably was like the friend of the show bump. I wanted to be like A, but I was like, eh, not quite an A. He's not quite a couple I didn't. If, if I, he's, I, I didn't he put BJ in our top four. You know that's an awkward situation for me. Yeah. That's very fair. Let's be honest. 
<laughs> no, yeah. Otherwise, I'd be getting messages. Let's move along and go to Lake Country. Ken Huckabee. Oh, Replacement yeah, guy from last. Huh? Yeah. Here's right. the thing. Mm-hmm. When he took over, mm-hmm. the team notably improved. Mm-hmm. And probably played the best baseball team has had since they were founded. I haven't been around that long, so that's part of it. Sure. That said, that's it. I don't know what to make of him. I really don't. And like, I need more information on him. Like, if you told me this time next year, we rated him way too high with a C, I'd be like, yeah, I could definitely see a world in which that's the case. And equally, if you tell me you rated him way too low with a C, I could be like, yeah, no, I could see a way that works out like that. I kind of want to just go with the tried and true C because like I'll put him like this. It feels like he's kind of in a Logan Watkins situation, right? Where he takes over halfway through and just the fact that we have a new guy that seemingly gets along better with everybody that gives it a huge bump. And now is the time for us to make a decision here. What way is this going to go? And building a roster is a different skill set. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. A C seems mm. fair. I rolled. Because it was a notable improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, hmm. I see. I was. I, I did go C minus. Okay. Just because. I, I could go C minus. I'd be willing to drop to C minus. There were. Yeah. I just need to see a little more. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, just, I just want to look at where they finish. I mean, in fairness, they finished tied for a playoff spot, too. They just lost on a tiebreaker to Cleburne. Does that I'm change? Holding C minus. Holding C minus. But I'm, it's right. okay if you don't meet me down there. That's all right. I'm, I'm willing to go down to that. You came up on Watkins for me, so I'll go down to how it could be for you. Uh, King County, George Samus. Obviously, we're including the Saint years. I mean, he's a hell of a manager experience. Got it. You know, a phenomenal amount there. Just what he's done so far in Kane hasn't exactly been it. And I mean, St. Paul is just like the paradigm franchise, right? They went a while without a, a championship. A little bit of the Brett Jody question here. Fair point. Is it, is it disrespectful to give him the same grade as Brett? Or B? Mm-hmm. That's where I have him. I'd be willing to go B. Yeah, I'm good. I give him the B solely because it's like we need to see a little bit more in King County. Yes. That factors into it. I I would just like to see one one competitive championship round series because it feels like the best chance they had was when they had Jimmy Kerrigan the one year where he's really putting up good numbers offensively. That where he was really kind of yeah. carrying the team there, and I believe that was a loss to Cleburne, who then got absolutely pun intended railroaded by uh, <laughs> Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee, you know, duked it out with uh, Fargo, and it was like, okay, whoever wins this game deserved it, right? Yeah, it's like nobody's answering how this ends. So, uh, moving on, Gary with Lamar Rogers. God, this is such a tough one because Gary is such a tough job. What do we? Yeah, what do we make of it? Yeah, I, I'm kind of all over the board in that one because the situation's an F. Like the situation's just not what yes, you want. It's, it's 
Yeah, new ownership. We'll see. Fair, but new ownership may change it, but great working. It's a tough sell to get guys to Gary. It's a mm-hmm. tough sell, and the and the steel yard is maybe not the environment you want to be in. Depending on the kind of player you are, uh, I mean, like they they finished five out of a playoff spot last year. But I mean, when the last playoff teams, you know, like what four games under five hundred or so, you know, that's that says something. My and uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I kind of feel like this may be where I go into the D's here. But, like, I respect the situation and I respect the challenge that's there. And it also, like, I've given the other first year guys a lot of a, lot of a break. So I feel like I got to give that here, too. Plus, he's stepping into Greg Taggart, who had a long legacy there. It obviously went bad at the end. But <sighs> what, where do you think? Because I don't, I don't know where to go with the grade. I'm kind of leaning D plus right now, but I could be swayed either way. I had C minus. I, I consider okay. it a C, but I'm going C minus. My, th- is one where there's just a lot of mixed messages. You know what I mean? It's because you look at your one in Gary and it wasn't good. Like it it was what 1600 or 500. You're like, all right, that's, that's not great, but it's a tough challenge. We get it. Year two, he was again, 58 losses. This one, 41 wins played one last game. We'll say he's kept the same record. That's not spectacular. But I'm also remembering there was a mid-season ownership change. Those aren't smooth. You know, yeah. it looked fairly yeah. seamless from where we are, but like behind the scenes, it's never smooth. Um, you know, that's everyone's uncomfortable. So I would count that <laughs> as, you know, yeah, point a, a in trial uh, in this season. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold it against him too much. Now it is a situation where <laughs> if this season he puts up the same record again, or even is just within a couple games of that, I think we probably won't be seeing him returning to Gary. However, at this point, I'd sit him at a C minus. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with the C minus. I'll come with the C minus on it. That said though, two thoughts on it. One, I do agree because early in the year, I do remember they had that one really hot stretch. I think they were like nine and three or something like that. They were a very good team in the beginning. They had one really long winning streak and a very impressive series against Kansas City, if I remember correctly. That being said, I don't necessarily know if this year dictates whether or not he comes back just because of the difficulty of getting someone to Gary. It's not really an enviable job. Now, again, new ownership may change that, but you know, Greg was a good manager. But is, was he there that long because he liked Gary because they wanted him to be there or was it because we don't think we can do better? And we've already heard that Gary pays a bit more than everybody else. So if you got to pay above market rate for a guy with below market returns, that tells me this is not really a job people are lining up for. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. So... I see one like, back. you know, yeah. so, like I, I hate to be like, oh, it's like so, like, yeah. I don't Fair. know. I see where you're getting. I, at. I, it, it is. Hmm. I don't want to say it is what it is, but it kind of is what it is. And he, it, you're one and Gary is going to be your one and Gary. 
year two, if I'm going to be beneficial, I'll give him a bit of a pass on. But as I said, this, I, if we're even a month into the year and this was a garbage fire, I'll be like, well, okay. Probably didn't give him a C minus. <laughs> Let's see how this roster gets built. Let's yeah, see. exactly. Because right. there was a little bit of an exit at the end there, but it could very well have been a, all right, if we're not going to be winning, then we might as well move guys to somewhere That's else right. where they can compete. Interesting. Which, oh, very well man, be- the more thing about the more I'm like, damn, that's a deep loss guy. Damn. You see, here's the thing, though. Like, as, much as, be, yeah, as much as that could be a D-plus move, it could also be ownership saying, like, let's cut down the money situation here. If we're not going to be winning and playing postseason baseball, why spend more money on a losing cause? And it could also be a manager saying, hey, guys, look, let me put you in a position where you can go ahead, get some better looks, get some better, you know, better opportunities to get to that next level. And being that everyone's on a one-year contract, pretty much, although I believe the American Association does have that option year built into it, um, it could very well be a hey, when when the season's over, you remember I did this for you, and like, come on, let me do you a solid, like uh, Samus does for a lot of his guys, where it's like I'm gonna release you so that way, should the team want to sign you, they don't gotta pay the fee, and it may help you cause there, but you remember this come March when. Right you're not signed and you want a place to play, it's you come back here. Mm-hmm. It could yeah, just be doing this guys a solid. And some of them could just be like, look, we're not going to win. We're not in a position. Can you move me a little bit closer to where I live full time? So. Yeah. No, you're right. I won't hold it. I'll keep it as C minus. Yeah. All right. Cleburne, Pete and Cavillia. We've talked a lot about Pete. <laughs> Lower yes. knows we've talked a lot about Everyone Pete. Everyone has. So, so we don't have to spend all that much time here. Texan mm-hmm. guy. I think he is a natural fit in Claiborne. I think that may have been the most obvious thing in the whole offseason. And uh, he's you go off a record, he does get results. It didn't quite happen in Tri-City, but that's more or less a product of the Frontier League postseason structure, I think. But there is always a headache that comes around Pete, particularly at the end of the year. I would say, gun to my head, I do think Pete is one of the better managers in independent baseball. I think he will do well in the American Association because he has been here in the past. It's been some time, but he has been here in the past. I could go B plus or A minus. I could go either way on it. I still believe in Pete as a manager and friend of the show. I got a, yeah, I got a B plus, but I think he's an A yeah. signing for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, all for all reasons people. discussed. I mean, he's he's yeah. got a long track record. He knows what he's doing. He's got connections. He's got connections down there. Like, it, he's, I mean, he's a guy. It's just got to keep an eye on the extra stuff. Yeah. You're right. And last one, Chicago with Butch Hobson. Although I think we both heard similar things from people. I'm still checking in on it where it might not be Butch come opening day. There, There's some question marks around that. Um, not sure how far we want to go into that. We don't need to go too far. Okay. Um, as of now, it's Butch today. Okay. So we'll operate. On so that. we'll just roll with that. Yeah. Okay. And with, I mean, and it's Butch. I mean, has he been him? You know, has he been the Butch that we're used to lately for a number of reasons? No. But still, there is the track record there. There's a string of fairly successful seasons in a row. I don't know where you set him grade wise. I, I put him at a B minus. I think it would be disingenuous to put him any higher, but I, I couldn't see him with a C next to him either. It just didn't really make sense. I would go B plus just because of the run he had last year. He took a team that 
arguably wasn't overly talented, which again is a bit on him for building that team. But he did manage to get that team to the final. He played a marathon game with KC. And I think as far as going toe-to-toe with Kansas City goes, did a pretty damn good job. He got over the hump and beat a rival in Milwaukee, too. And a guy that, you know, Anthony Barone's teams, we were just praising him. Ryan Torres is one of the other guys that Barone brought, brought in. That was a Cardinal prospect. So I go B-plus on that. I'm willing to meet in the middle and go B. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he's made the postseason a few times as well. He's not the vintage Butch, but um, you know, still a solid, solid man. Yeah. Um, So, uh, rankings from the American Association. Now we have Joe Calfapietra in the one spot with an A plus, uh, Anthony Barone in the two spot with an A minus, and then Pete Incavili with a B plus in uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I went, if I had to give a top three, I'd probably go Cuffa Pietra, one, Pete, two, Anthony Barone, three. Okay, so our grades lined yeah. up pretty pretty well. Yep. All right, on to the Frontier League, and then we just have the mm-hmm. Pioneer League. Yeah, uh, Pioneer League's going to go quick. Uh, I think yeah. we kind of go quicker through the Frontier because we have to. Yeah. <laughs> and there's too many teams, and there's too much podcast behind us already, so we'll probably have to keep it rolling, but. Yeah, I like, um, but yeah, Pioneer League. I mean, just like Pioneer League, what, what like half the managers don't have experience, so yeah, so <laughs> that would be quicker. pretty obvious yeah. as well. So right, uh, let's hit yeah. the, let's stop talking and hit the ground running. Evansville with Andy McCauley, uh, great year last year, consistent yes. guy. He's won in Evansville before. I'd be willing to go B plus or A minus on him. I think he builds good teams. I had A minus on him. All right, A minus it is for all the reasons. I won't even elaborate on that one because you basically you nailed it. I'd just be talking at that point. Yeah, I mean, again, too, and just a little bit, because I know we do have a handful of Evansville people. You look at the guys he brings in, individual performers show up, and then overall performances there, too, and that's a lot really good on the cares. Now I'll say something, because it did strike me watching Evansville more at the end of the season than I did in the beginning, because I East Coast bias, sorry, it's just the games were more in front of me. Um, I was struck by Evansville being a more complete team than I really might have considered mm-hmm. but watching them day to day and how like the bullpen kind of carried over watching how um there seemed to be a good rhythm connecting the rotation to the bullpen and just the lineup seemed to flow like it looked like a complete team not a team that was sort of smacked together based on who was available which a lot of teams are at any time in indie ball but it it did stand out to me it looked like a more cohesive roster uh, especially that mm-hmm. late in the year so particularly in Honestly, Frontier League too with the roster restrictions they have too. That's yeah, the restrictions. Yeah. It, it, and, there was a lot of planning that seems to be going on. It's not just, oh crap, what do we have? Yeah. And also they hung in there with Quebec too, which I think is a testament to you. If you can go toe-to-toe with Quebec, that speaks volumes. That's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, Florence, Chad Rhodes. Hmm. Boy, I, I was hoping I you wouldn't go to him so early. Yeah, I love, love him as Dude, a person. If you are not watching the content they are doing with him, is so funny. I think he's yeah. got some solid job security out there. I think yeah. they love they love the guy, and he has such oh, a great personality man. promoting the brand and the team. So just, good. The off field results haven't quite been there, but he's also still learning the managerial. He's been doing it long. Yeah, yeah. It's adjustment. I feel like normally I would say C minus based off of what I've seen from him, but because of the off the field value. That gives him to at least the C in my book. Oh, man. Um, 
I gotta think about that. Oof. Because yeah. I'm also looking okay. at what we can, like. If you look at the list of what we have coming up here too, there's gonna be some high grades coming up. Yes, uh, I know. Like three of the next four are gonna get high marks. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um. Okay, I'll go. Because results are an F. Let's call it that. Yeah. Results wise. That's bad. But the off the field stuff's an A. I know, dude. And so the middle ground would be a C. See, I was okay. I was gonna go D plus if I can go to a C minus. Okay, let's go C minus. Let's go C minus. There's something to be said for being like the boys are so on board right now. Like which yeah. seems to be the vibe. Again, I'm not there, but it seems to be exactly. just based on who I've talked to. I think this is one of those ones. If we do this again next year, the act is going to be tired if this yeah. doesn't go well this year. Like, yeah. Sorry, that is what it's it is. Exactly. It's all well and good when you're new or when you're winning. And when you're not doing either, well, it'll still be cool great. with me. I'll be into it. But, but uh, yeah. Uh, Gateway, Steve Brook. I like Steve Brook um, a lot. I think he produces okay. winners. I think he gets Tell a lot of more. his teams. I think maybe the players individually aren't always the most impressive, although we saw Jerry's Richards have one hell of a year. Um, so make of that what you will. And he did a lot better away from Windy City. Maybe that's the Windy City effect. Maybe that's the Steve Brook effect. I don't know. I think he's a B to B plus guy. I like him a lot. And Gateway did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I struggled with this one. This was one of the more difficult ones. It was because we saw so many highs and lows from Gateway last year. Fair. And a lot of it was highs against the weaker division out West, for sure. And there's a couple moments, and I'll bring up this one, but I saw it a few times. But the one that really stuck out was the first time I saw it, where Gateway early in the year was mashing. They were like record pace offensively. And then... Hmm. The Jackals came out. Remember, they had bad pitching, but they had been on a great run. They'd won like a oh, six or seven in a row or something like yeah. that. Or maybe they just run a few, but they started yeah, on that stretch. Yeah, there was the right the ship moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they just they got smacked and then they came back. Gateway. And I was yeah. like, oh, is that it? Like, the gateway had a good game in there, but I was like, oh, like, is that it? And there was yeah. just a few of those moments where it was like, all right, this is it. This is where Gateway needs to come alive. I didn't, I didn't. They didn't answer the bell that many times off. I could be overlooking one. I get that. I mean, I watched a hell of a lot of indie ball this year, so it fades a little bit on me, but it doesn't stand out as having that. And that's, I'm not saying it's a manager's problem because the managers do a lot to get them in that position. And in the end, it's the guys on the field, but it, it was enough to really inspire me past like a C plus in my head. I could go, I'm really feeling like a B because I think the overall body of work was there. I will agree the competition was weaker out West. Mm-hmm. I think they did well in the postseason as well, and I think that counts for something. I think also Steve Brook has done a, a lot in working Gateway. I mean, think about three years ago with Gateway. A perennial bottom feeder winning about 30, 35 games a year, and then last year he gets them to about 500, and now this year he turns it around to where they have a winning record and they're hosting a playoff series. Like That's a lot of work to do in a short period of time. I think that counts for something. There was a real restoration job. Yeah. I'm going to, I could move it to a B minus. I can meet you in the middle for sure. Okay. I, 
I can, I mean, I still see it more like a C plus, but I can, I'm, I, I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's go with a, a B minus. Uh, Mike Pinto, we spent a lot of time talking about him last week, so we can. Yeah. So we can kind of go over quick here. I, yeah, I think Mr. Old school. I got a B minus with some concerns. I was just talking to you before where I was like, wow, it's been like a while since I think he's had a winning record or at least made the playoffs. It's made the, the playoffs, playoffs because he has a winning record. Yeah, and, yeah and, it's right. It's his thing. Um, but I mean, winning, he's posted a winning record in three different decades. So pretty good. One losing it, there's record. A, there's That's a it. bit of show me energy season. always is coming back after being out for a little bit. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can't, you can't give anything below anything in the bees in my head. Yeah. It's just, he's, would you go he's done up too to, much. Yeah. Would you go up to a B? Because here's the thing. He would have made the postseason in the COVID year 21. Sure, had he been right. at any other one? Because remember, it was a 57 win team, a 57 win team, yes. and then his 54 win team. And so he was the fourth best team in that league. That speaks volumes there. So there's that. Yeah. Plus, the consistency matters. I see what you're saying about being out of the game for a little while. I was thinking more like a BB plus. So that's why I'm feeling like a B is more in the realm of where it is. I understand the concerns. I really do. And like when we get to try sitting a bit, we can also talk about like the, the mentality here, but he's gotten results. And also guys really seem to like the results of the difference. Yeah. There's a the result of the difference. Yeah. And also just will- the attitude from players. If we're combining a score, I'm willing to go up. I still will probably sit on my B minus, but I can meet you for a sort of a joint score there. Okay. Um, I think I also understand that you're planning to potentially have him on. So I understand. And you know that he listens. So I understand. Hi, Mike. Oh, no, he listens. Yeah. No, as he said uh, last week, uh, that's a damn good grade, by the way. I don't want to hear it. He found the uh, us calling him old school uh, rather comedic. He found it. Fun. I can see that, by the way. I because as I see, because that's tough. Because there's old school guys, and there's like old school the way Mike's old school, and that's not quite yeah. the same. And I get that, but yeah. there's only like so many ways he would say it. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's why I said last week. I was like, maybe old school is not the right way to put it. <laughs> I think we both were like, yeah, it's not quite, but it's hard but, to find. Yeah, it kind of the aura around it. But yeah, so let's call it a B and let's move on to Jared Lemieux because it looks like Jared's going to be back. He's still listed on the website. I haven't seen anything to say he's not back. If someone with better information on that knows, please let me know. But we're going to assume Jared Lemieux. I came into last year with a lot of hype for Jared. I really thought he was going to do better than he did. Lake Country isn't exactly an easy spot. I get it, but the results Lake, Lake still Erie, speak. Wrong one. Yeah. Respect. Show respect to Lake Erie. Sure. I mean, like it's not an easy environment. I've seen some people I expect to succeed there struggle, and I do wonder if it's more than what we know from the outside looking in. It's not an organization yeah. I'm overly acquainted with. Yeah, but I just haven't seen enough to go beyond a D plus. I was thinking D plus, C minus range too, so I could go D plus, I think. And that's just purely a results thing. I think as a guy, as a yeah. people manager, I like him. It's just mm. 
the results were they were pretty brutal last year. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. I mean, we look at they had the worst record of non-traveling teams. That's that's a problem. It's a tough one, and then it was just the the thing that concerned me most last year. If we're really talking about you know what were because look, a bad year is a bad year that happens, especially you know new role. But yeah. what threw me the most when it came to this is a click on the wrong link. Classic Brian. Okay, it was the fact that like, the, there were pretty glaring issues with that roster from the jump. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the worst offense in the league. And, it, I mean, they were being outscored by Empire State for almost the entire year. And, like, just, it's frustrating to see from the outside the issues, to see, okay, it's easy to stay outside and say there's issues. I get mm-hmm. that. But it's, it's hard to see it early, hard to see it in the preseason and be like, that's something they're going to have to fix. And not much happened, and the, the things that were done didn't do much. And honestly, I talked to enough managers in the league, and like there was conversation about because it, it was kind of weird because, like, dude, you're scoring less than Empire State. But there were guys in the league who were like, dude, I would, you know, if I'm them, I'd look at this free agent. If I'm them, I'd think about this deal. Like, I'd be willing to work this with them, but, you know, I don't think I'll. For whatever reason, like there were, there felt like talking to people in the league, there were options out there for improvement. And I worry, this is something I do worry about with young managers and, and guys like him. I, I slightly worry that there's too much loyalty. I mean, we're talking about a team who yeah. had the worst offense in the league and they only burned through about 22 hitters throughout the season. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good number, but there's other teams that are up over 30. Like, it's saying it seemed like he was a little dug in to his guys, and yeah. I worry about that with a manager that's younger. That and I do wonder sometimes with guys if they stay more loyal to like the kind of pipeline that they're traditional with and that they're more comfortable with, that they're not willing to go out and expand where they're getting guys from. Instead, they're going to go back mm-hmm. to the same, you know, either the same prospect or or the same three or four guys that are like, yeah, I needed this, and then they'll just get on that, you know? And the reason why I'm concerned about that mainly is if you're always going to the same source, you're pulling from the same pool of guys. And the smaller the pool is, the tougher it is to start, you know, going through them when you need to. Mm-hmm. And you start to get the reputation among the group there, and obviously then you're like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, like step on toes in that group. And it becomes you know, a little bit tougher in that realm. I will say this in Lemieux's defense, and then we'll move on because we have to keep moving. I do think there is room for improvement here. I'm not losing hope on him yet. I still think there's room for improvement, but I do need to see something this year. I'm not playoffs because it's, you know, very difficult in this league, Frontier League, to make playoffs. But I need to see close to a 500 record. Can't have another 30 or so win season. I need to see a round of 46 win season. Around it. Not exactly, but around it. Yeah. Um, if I you do what Juliet did this year. Efficiency in roster movement. Yeah. And 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking at that 37. I mean, that's if they can get it to 42, that's where I start to be like, all right, like yeah. remove it now. And you'd expect the momentum to continue the next year. I mean, year two is always a big year for guys. Uh, I, I mean, I'm caution, of course. I already talked about it with uh, Lamar Rogers. Like, you know, if year two basically has the same record as year one and it's below 500, you're probably not going to stick around. And the reason I was more positive about Lamar was the weird circumstances around Gary, but this would not be the same from what I know with Lake Erie. So they definitely are looking for an, a bump in the right direction here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Sean Burke, Jamie Bennett. Uh, I'm thinking A minus here. Dude is a postseason wizard by and large. He had a oh. championship in there. He had a good run in another one. I mean, this past year wasn't his best work, but you know, overall down year for the West. I like him a lot. I think he's a very capable manager, quality manager, and he did manage to host the wild card game still. It's just Evansville had a surprisingly strong showing. Yeah, I actually uh, I went all the way up to an A. I mean, I could do that. I could do an A. Yeah, uh, consistent results seems to deliver. Seems to have a plan, which is awesome, and seems to have a plan for his guys too. Like people seem to like him. I, I don't know. I. I really you don't hear bad stuff about Jamie Bennett, and it's huge. Yeah. Um, and especially, uh, you know, a Schaumburg team. Um, I mean, no, I guess it's not a bad spot to be. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's, I, I don't know what to say about Schaumburg because I, I don't know much about it. But you don't, I guess it's just you don't hear a lot out of them. But I, I think sometimes that's a bad thing. I think sometimes that's a good thing. I think the fact that I don't have Schaumburg living in my DMs much is probably a good thing. And you see the results. You see the games that you go to and you the games that you watched involving Schaumburg tend to have a feel. That, there, okay, this is what I wanted to find. There's no real drama around Schaumburg, and I feel like that's very much Jamie Bennett related, if that makes sense. It's always a steady um, product. So yeah, steady. okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And, and they call in good players. If you look at the roster, you could generally go, he's good, he's good, he's good. He's good. You could go through it. There's normally four or five guys who are like, yeah, no, they could hack it on just about any team. Right. Yeah, knows how to build a roster, knows how to yeah. connect it. And I, I honestly like the way he handles games, too. That's the yeah. other thing I was going to say. It, it's the same sort of rhythm as a major league game when he's managing, which is a compliment when you're dealing with a roster of indie ball players and the complications that can come with it. Absolutely. Uh, Washington, Tom Vaith. Um, this is a quicker one for me. I, I have them at, uh, I had him at a damn, Never mind. I don't know. I had him at a B. I was going to say B minus. I think this. Okay, year's I wasn't really, sure if it'd be or B minus. I was th- this year is what made me go B minus. It was a bad year, and every team's entitled to a down year. But right. while Washington normally does it very strong regular seasons, and if we are going this the baseball way, you know, this regular season result speaks more about who you are than the postseason results. Mm-hmm. But when you are consistently winning in the regular season, and then in the postseason you fall short, and you lose to Schaumburg, you lose to Schaumburg, you lose to whomever else. And you just can't quite finish the job. That speaks to either you don't have the guys, you're not able to get the depth, you're not able to manage your way through it. I think he's still a good manager, but there's a lack of postseason success here. Even when you have home field, which does make a difference. 
is a lack of just finishing ability. So that lack of finish brings him to a B minus in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm probably around there. B or B minus, I'm cool with. Okay. B minus. Um, Windy City, Bobby Jenks, new guy on town. Won a championship with Grand Junction, but Pioneer League is different from Frontier League, but we do have a little bit to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talked about him in a previous episode, too, for what it's worth. So, Yeah. I like him as a local guy. I think he draws in some right. interest. I like what I saw from him so far, but it's really hard to judge anything from the from the Pioneer League to the other yeah. leagues. Yeah. It's just so different mm-hmm. from the core from the other core fours. Um I would is it bad for me to say C plus? Like he's the one championship guy that I think kind of breaks the mold on the B uh B floor. Uh it's just Windy City's a tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. It really Agreed. is. Agreed. Not a lot I of like, guys. Yeah. Uh, I was leaning more toward a C. I know he's won. But see, the I, I've been talking myself into him. Every time I look back, I kind of bump a letter grade. That's my problem. This started at C minus. Now I'm flirting with a C plus to B. Minus situation because I remember a lot of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. What was that? No, I just I don't see him as a B minus guy. No, I I agree. I'm sitting probably around a C because I am remembering a that. lot more as we as we kind of talked through him and his history. We kind of did like his fit for indie ball a good bit. Yeah. Remember, like he's kind of been through yeah. some personal like strife and had a difficult end to his career and all that. And I think he has come to the good understanding of you know baseball versus life and could. He seemed to do well with the young guys he's worked with before. I, I think we'll kind of carry that in. I think it's a good fit for a really struggling organization, man, who really needs one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see your C plus on it. Oh, jeez. Um, I feel like the championship. I was at C plus. I, know, I was going to say C plus. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're in agreement there. All right. New England, Jared Edmondson. We talked about him again in a previous one. I think I'm just going to throw all the episode links for if you want more in-depth discussion on the guys we've talked about since I've been hired in the past few months. Uh, you could go ahead and go to those episodes and listen to that if you haven't already. But uh, bridge version here. I know all the other new guys we said to see. I kind of want to go D plus because I have not been impressed with a lot of the signings so far. Yeah, he played in the Can-Am and did you know, Jamie a favor for like a weekend in the uh, Atlantic League. But D3 or D2 ball as a coach is just so much different from, you know, indie ball. And uh, there's just not a lot moving the needle here. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm kind of sitting at a D plus until proven otherwise. Uh, Agreed completely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my optimism was that he has done a lot of the baseball operation stuff that will likely have to be involved with the organization, the structure, all that. You do that a lot dealing with college kids, but these aren't college kids. And that's my number one concern. We've time after time seen the college to indie ball transition not go well. And I know he's got indie ball experience with him, but it's a different, it's different. And I it's worry, and boy, this roster, uh, this was something that I didn't mention last podcast and I'll say it now. Uh, they, 
rolled out, New England rolled out their first batch of player signings and like announced their first players and all that. But that transaction was done a month ago, like a month mm-hmm. before the announcement. And the overwhelming feel was like they did not think that was going to be their big first player announcement. They they felt like they thought somebody else was going to be coming, and it's just not. And they don't think anybody is. That's my feel. That's my worry. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, if I'm a guy who's like a top talent guy, I don't know that I want to go play in New England in May and get ready yeah. for it in April spring training. Sorry. I think that's also yeah, a thing. That's why I've talked to a couple owners who are not sure about New England. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, the best two players right now are what? D. Sarcian and Tommy McCarthy? Yeah. I like D. Sarcian, by the way. Yeah, I like D. Sarcian too. And I do like McCarthy. I think there's some high upside there. But if that's really what you're building this team around, I don't think either one of them are cornerstone guys. I think they're great pieces, but not cornerstone guys. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not a guy that you build a roster around. They don't yeah. have one yet. Yeah, and that's not to say they're bad players or anything. It's just there's cornerstone guys, and then there's important pieces. They're mm-hmm. more in the latter yeah. group. Uh, New Jersey's up next. Uh, they're still technically to be determined, but I think you were saying that you may know something more about that. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty confident that's going to be yeah. all right, a familiar face. Yeah, maybe a guy that's yeah. more familiar in black and gold. Let's see Bobby Jones as that manager is what I'm hearing. Um, look, it's not confirmed. I've been hearing that for a couple weeks now, so maybe there's something else going on, but yeah, it seems to be that. Um, I no real further input on that one, though if you're a guy who doesn't want to play for Bobby Jones, maybe be aware of that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, okay. With that, I mean, whatever. Uh, what are we thinking I mean, here? Here's the thing, Bobby's Bobby's won a lot with the miners. And yes, I mean the f- thing is though, all that winning was really in the Can Am. Yes, which it was. is much different than the Frontier. Mm-hmm. And since he's gone to the Frontier, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he made the playoffs because they didn't make it in 21. I don't believe they made it in 22, and then obviously 23, he was out. Just doing the double check. Yeah, no, Sussex finished just out of it. Two and a half there games out. Yeah, because yeah. Ottawa had the hearts, the hot hand, and they just skated right past him. So, yeah, yeah draws concern, but he does have a track record. Um, I put him at a B. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I put him at a B, too. Uh, New York, TJ Stanton. I like TJ a lot. I like TJ a lot, too. Yeah. He's he's built a lot. He gets a lot out of his guys. I think there's a real potential there. New York just always has this problem, no matter who's at the helm of getting over the edge. Yeah, Jamie Keefe was the only guy that could really do it. And as we already discussed, Jamie's one of the top managers here. So, right. I, I, I mean, like, I think TJ. I have him at a B plus. That's where I want to put him too, but also the lack of postseason success kind of makes me say B. Yeah, and here's where I do also still sort of, yeah, I guess you're right. I just need a playoff round win, and he hasn't yeah. given me that. I can get you. I can go B, yeah. Yeah. I want it badly to be a B plus, but the results just aren't quite there. Mm. So, uh, Unless you have anything else to say with TJ, we're on to Ottawa and Bobby Brown. I'm good to move on to Bobby. All right. What do you think on Bobby, man? 
it's hard to say. Like he had really good results that first year in Ottawa, man. He had so weird. He had such a hot run, and he came so close to again knocking out Quebec. But Quebec again is like a cockroach in a nuclear winter. They just survive, and they do so much. And I think that's more a testament to Quebec, and we'll talk about them shortly. But I like the results there. This past year, they weren't quite there wasn't the same but it's hard to do back-to-back years year two is a I know it's a year yeah. and i mean he did do a decent job in lincoln too so that counts for something and ottawa still did finish 500 yes now, they did in a difficult division true and i Fought the empire state allegations for a very long time and that it doesn't really make that much of a difference when you run it through it's a few run difference not enough to meaningful change anything that said though they also had uh, three rivers a lot too so that's your standard bad team for this league um but then again everybody else besides those two bottom teams had a non-losing record so i think b minus is that fair is that low is that high um I I was sitting okay. <laughs> it's tough because I was sitting around the B to B plus mark. Okay, and I was my, sitting around the B minus to B mark. So I feel like like say your my, piece before I say it. Yeah. yeah, my concern being the results from this past year weren't quite the year his first year mm-hmm. that we were like in twenty twenty two. My concern is that is this a I think of it more like this is, especially in the Frontier League the way they structure the rosters it's almost, it feels very similar to college sports where like as a coach is in like they're, you know, NILs made different, whatever, but you know, you are coaching almost someone else's kids Mm -hmm. you're coaching someone else's team that first year or two, and like a lot of the guys you know, they're more familiar faces and then the second year not going as well, it it does make you wonder, is this a Bobby uh, roster building issue? So, you know, we'll see. Again, it was a tough division to play in this year, but it, I, I think it's, I'm comfortable putting him at a B plus ish for the time being, with the understanding that this could drop for I would low C's. I would say meet in the middle at B, okay. partially because, like you said, it was trending down on the year. And, Part of what makes me concerned about going B plus is Ottawa was not a particularly good team for the majority of the regular season that 22 year. Hmm. They got really hot in right around like end of July, if I'm not mistaken. And then August, they picked up steam and then they just ran it and became a hot team that was beating good teams. And then, you know, they did push Quebec and I have a lot of respect for that. But at the end of the day, you know, if they play that same game, that same series, how many times over, how many times does Ottawa come away with it? And mm-hmm. I come away with, you know, the right team won that series. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can I can mo- both agree and also be like, yeah, it's a day. Yeah. All right. Uh, Quebec. Pat Scalabrine. A plus. Yep. Agreed. I mean, just like we spawn over Quebec. We did our fawn over Quebec segment last week. We could do it again now, but we are for time, so we won't. Mm-hmm. Dude constructs rosters. He has the right mindset. Fans love him. Players love him. Everybody loves him. It's just the results are so consistent. A comeback win, too. Don't sleep on that. 
Yeah, that's the fight those will teams not die. have. Those yeah. fight. I have the Ottawa series and the we're about Evans to do it again, and the New Jersey one series. Don't prove it. It's just like, oh, God, I just love that team so much. I, I love them I so know. much. So, uh, Sussex County, Chris Widger. Hmm. Um, like I like Chris. I uh, didn't see much from him last year, though. I was sitting around a B. I was yeah, I was gonna go either C plus B minus again. Guys team the postseason got smacked in the first round, but uh Yeah, they did. That was a weird game. I mean that was yeah. a one game, just no yeah. answers. It, it's, it's offensively hard. there. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. So I mean whatever stock is whatever stock there. It's one yeah. I could go I can meet you at a B if you want to go B, but mm, I will go B for now. Okay. We'll It'll be interesting, but we'll see. Yeah. Again, learning more year two on that one. Okay. All right. The one people have probably been waiting for, Tri-City and Greg Taggart. Mm. What do you think, bud? That's how we always start the Greg session. Of course you do. Uh, here's the thing about Greg. And like we, again, this is another case of past episodes, see your thoughts. But mm. to summarize them, I don't want to discount what he did for Gary Fricus for a very, very long time. His system worked, and he didn't need to evolve it. And it it just it yielded results. But nowadays, it isn't yielding results. It's out of date, and there's a refusal to change. And I keep, he's one of the very few guys that when he got hired, I had players going, huh, okay. And they were very vocal about it. He's one of the few managers I get players talking to me about. And like, it's so hard because, like, again, we've set the the championship floor before, and I feel like he's another exception to the rule. <laughs> and I don't want to say what I'm thinking because saying he's a D or D plus doesn't seem right for a guy that had the amount of success and the amount of wins and the tenure he had in Gary. But we saw it didn't work in Winnipeg. It wasn't working the last few years in Gary, and it didn't really work out in the Giants work. So with that said, I I respect what he's done for the game. I respect him as a coach, and I respect what, like I said, his body work. But I go with a D with a D plus because no the crash. results just haven't been there. All right, I'm going to go more optimistic than that. Okay, and I, I have reasoning for it, which is uh-huh. I think this past year there's a chance that was a bit of a wake up. Like a bit of a, huh, okay, this didn't play as well here. And there's a chance, like if there's going to be a step back and make adjustments moment, it's now. Like it's like, hey, like he was, he had a hot hand for a while there and, you know, he just took a swing and it did not look good. Did not go well. So, all right, step, is he stepping out of the box? We're resetting here, going to Tri-City. Is the approach going to change here? And if it doesn't, I think then I, what I'm saying is, I guess it's not irredeemable. It, it can't be, it's nothing that can't be fixed, but uh, if it ain't fixed this year, I don't think it's getting fixed. So that's why I'm putting them like a cautious called a C. And that was Here's my thing. I know. I know. Here's my thing. He had a really good organization behind him in Winnipeg. He had a returning MVP in Max Murphy. And it mm-hmm. still didn't work. Yeah. So 
you know, and there's been an exodus and a lot of guys from Tri-City, and there's only been a couple of guys that I've seen so far that I really like that he's brought in there, too. And Tri-City's not an organization with a ton of support. Like, it's not yeah. one where they're well-experienced within any ball. I, I, yeah. That's a big concern for me when it comes to them. True, but they also have been very well-ran so far. They yeah, are. Fair. Like literally, like yeah. who, I mean, to be fair, like literally, having we were having Pete a conversation a about this signing, and we were like, okay, yeah, and, and we were kind of like, wow, this tour shakes our confidence in the entire organizational structure. That's very fair. Wait, three uh, on what a C minus? I come up when you go down. Yeah, one? we'll go C minus for now. Yeah. Okay, C minus. That's that's gonna be one of the stories to watch going into the year. Yeah, uh, dude. Three Rivers, Matt Roush. Oh, God, there's still more. Okay. Yeah. He's the last one in the frontier. All right. And then we're going to run through Pioneer, like, not even stopping, because yeah, there's not absolutely. a ton to talk about the Pioneer. Exactly. Like, sorry, there's just a lot of new faces. All right. Yeah. Um, C plus. He doesn't really get the results. I respect a lot from what he does as a player. I really do, but the results aren't there as far as. I was. Okay. I was going to go C. Continue. Yeah. No, I just, I don't, you know, 38 wins. Technically, yeah. third worst if you're discounting the travel team, mm-hmm. uh, but that's only because they played one fewer game than the Alls did. So, like, there's yeah. that, and then you want to go back to 22, and we just okay. and we just put Chad down at the basically the bottom mm-hmm. on results. So, we'll yep. that and again, team. like he had a 45 win year before that, and he had a six win team in this division, right? Mm-hmm. And the Jackal team that was kind of falling apart. And last year, keep in mind. It was what June when we got a release from the organization that said the results this season have been unacceptable so far, and mm, things need yeah. to change, and then nothing changed. Like that's a D plus. Mm, you're right. Did forget about that. D plus need. Yeah. All right. So just to go ahead and give you the top three from the Frontier League, uh, we had at an A plus Pat Scalabrine, uh, an A with Jamie Bennett, and an A minus with Andy McCauley. Yeah, and I probably put my top three, Pat, Jamie, and probably Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, that, that sounds works. right. All right, yep. cool. The final sprint to the end with the Pioneer League. Um, there's really yeah. only one guy that I want to really stop and talk about here, so this will work out pretty good. Uh, Greg right. Maddox in Billings is up first. I like Craig. I think he is a, a good players guy, and I like what he's done so far. Recent X player, I overall like him. I go B minus. Yeah. Um, okay, I was going to go B plus, but basically okay. for the same reasons. Yeah. All right. Meet in the middle with a B. Yeah. Um, I believe Gary Van Tol is back in Boise. I haven't seen anything. That's what I'm seeing, yeah. Yeah. So Gary Van Tol, um, BC Plus is where I'm at. Boise hasn't had too many great results, at least from what yeah. my recollection is. B minus um, and going into a show me year, in my opinion. Okay. So we want to go B minus or C plus? Whatever makes you happy, bud. Let's go C plus because it is a show me year and I value results. Uh, yeah. Glacier, Paul Fletcher, first year guy over there. Yeah. Don't know much. Um, probably settle them in at like a. C plus, which I think is kind of what a lot of these new guys sit at for Pioneer. All right. I could go C or C plus. We'll go C plus yeah. on him. Uh, I want more talk on Fletch. We've talked about him in the past too recently. So mm-hmm. again, 
show notes for all them. Uh, Grand Junction, Chris Nabishu. Um, since he took over, they really haven't been doing great, but I mean, like, that's what, one year's worth of results? So, like, true. Yeah, you know, I don't really make much of one year. Uh, I kind of want to go C plus because he's kind of in the same boat, but it wasn't a good year for Grand Junction either. So, yeah. Hmm. Oh God, yeah, I. I was probably gonna go B minus, but like, with the same vibe of like, if this isn't five hundred this year, I think we're we we're like, okay, we get it. Yeah, hold on one second. I just want to make certain I have my recollection right standings-wise in the Pioneer League. I already jumped to 24. Uh, with Grand Junction, 45 and 51. That put them uh, third worst in the league, but only yeah, one back. You'd like Colorado. to see that climb to 48 and 48. I think it's not too big of an ask and show okay. some, some positive movement for that organization. Yeah, so I guess C+. Plus? That works. Okay. Uh, Sean Rempe. Uh, you talked a lot about him in the past too. He's got more. He's like a transformer, more than meets the eye with him. Yeah. I I hate to be generic and go another C plus, but C plus, I dude. I, I had yeah. it too. I mean, there's only so much we can say on some of these. It's uh, show us what you are. Until then, we'll hang a C plus. Idaho Falls, Troy Percival. Interesting. Um, Almost Bobby Jenks type role, right? Very similar. Truckers yeah. uh, haven't C been too good though. No, I would say C plus again, same vibe, but like with like this one, I'd say like signing to B if you're asking me. Like I think it's yeah. there's some there could it's be interesting. interesting. Yeah. All right. The only one of the two guys I should say in this league that I actually want to talk about, Missoula Michael Schlatt. I think this is an A or an A plus. The dude gets yeah, constant results. So. I mean, he's great. Plus, just talking to him the time we had him on the show, really nice guy, and I could see why guys want to play for him. Really, really uh, nice guy. And he yeah. knows he knows how to handle a room. He knows his way around things. I, I really like him. I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. I have met an A as well. Um, they're, you know, you like to see. Well, I don't know, it, they. That's one of those organizations where like the whole league gets better for them existing the way they do, and he's a big part of that. Absolutely. Uh, Northern Colorado, Frank Gonzalez. Hard to say. I mean, that was a bad mm-hmm. year last year. For, just because there was a lot of failure to launch, but then they recovered a lot too, right? Like first half, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, first half was, well, they came under 500, which considering how the year started, not bad at all. And then two games under 500 in the second half. I, a C, C plus. Hmm. Nabishu got a C plus. He's at least a C plus. But then you shouldn't right. compare guys to each other either, like we were saying an hour ago. <laughs> uh, so. Right. I mean, I, I still have him a C plus. But I'm between a C plus and a B minus. But like playoffs matter for me, so like I I'm leaning more C plus, but the higher end of C plus. I had him C plus. Okay, let's go C plus. Let's, oh, whoops, now I'm Google that. That helps to be on the right thing. Um, <laughs> Oakland, Mika Franklin. Um, is it bad that, like, again, I hate to keep repeating, but C plus, and it feels kind of like a Troy Percival situation. Only I feel I, like a little I, bit more I support. Can, I can go C plus as well. Okay. Yeah, uh, C crossed my mind on that one, but I, I can go towards C plus. All right, uh, Evan Parker and Ogden. 
replaces Cash Buchamp, who is a, you know, would have been a solid B-plus guy. Maybe yeah. an A-. Uh, Evan, I kind of want to put a C just because I need to see more. I don't know anything really going in with him. He's a wild card. Uh, yes. I feel like... Okay, yeah, I was going to go C, but C plus. Yeah. I just know so little. Well, I'm saying C like, too. Like a C plus or a C. Okay, yeah. All right, gotcha. Okay. C. Yeah, C. Uh, Rocky Mount with Les Lancaster. What do you think? Hard to say. I mean, like, I can't judge anything from early Lancaster or uh, Rocky Mount because everything there. They did win the second half 28 and 20. That speaks volumes. True. They're, yeah. And they recover from a 2027 first half. So that tells me something there. I think they're finding their footing. I think they're getting their way. Considering how liberally we're giving out C pluses here, I feel like he earns a B minus or a B. I was going to say I can go B minus on that one. Okay. Let's go B minus yeah. on it. Plus they did well in the postseason, if I'm not mistaken. At least getting yeah. there was an accomplishment. Club so. some fight, yeah. And then that brings us to the final manager, the newest manager in Yolo's. We should have split Horton. this up. We're so stupid. I know. I thought about it halfway through to be like, "All right, we'll do this." I, know. I thought about it too. I was really hoping you would, but I was like, "All right, whatever." Your show. I've heard mixed things. I've heard he can be a little tough to work with for some types of people. Although he's not as much. Obviously, he had really good results in billing. So if we're judging that, I mean. He did really well with the Mustangs, and like that was a really good run. And beer, I think like the, the floor is a B. That's where I'm kind of at here. I'm open to going either direction. Um. Hmm. Okay. I was kind of leaning B minus. Okay. I could, just looking okay. at where I had it. Like this was, I wrote this down so long ago now. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you tell me your reasoning, I can get swayed. Um, I mean, just a positive track record of performance. Yeah. It's just the, you know, how's it going to take to the organization the amount of chaos that could come with this organization and you know the travel it's just going to be a challenge and there's going to be a lot of different challenges and that's where i'm like i don't know if we've seen billy challenge that way so that's yeah. where i'm kind of like oh okay but you know wins are wins and that's the other thing and i think there's been a couple teams he's gotten more out of than he probably could uh i'm mm-hmm. off the top of my head i'm a little tired but i'm trying to remember well, um, it is 2 30 in the morning so yeah, so very true. Um, but I don't know. The Billings team last year was one of those teams where we we're just like, time after time, we were like, this Billings team is not that good. <laughs> and they just kept winning and like beating yeah. Missoula. And we we're like, like, what are, what is, what is happening? Right now? And it was one of those teams where like every move they made got better. They were dangerous as hell. They, they obviously were an issue for Missoula. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like they were a second half team because they were in ten games under five hundred in the first half, and then they won the division in the second half. Mm-hmm. So that speaks volumes there. Now, 
again, technically speaking, if we didn't use this bunk-ass half-system, which everyone knows my feelings on the half-system, they wouldn't have made it. They were still six games above 500 based off of their performance, and they earned their way in down the stretch, eight and two in their last 10. I give them full credit, full marks on that. Won some big ones. Exactly. And they did, if I'm not mistaken, right, they beat Missoula, correct? Yes, they did. Yes, so that, I mean, that, that shows they deserve their place. But they were also three games behind Glacier. Now, Glacier didn't do themselves any favors. They fell apart at the end. But still, you know, make that for what it's worth. So I could definitely see a B minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say my initial vibe was, I don't know. And then it slowly just became kind of like B or B minus. Yeah. Which is kind of <laughs> where I I'm just at. remember that. I, them running, I'm remembering more and more about that run last year yeah. and being like, God damn, Billings. <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening out there? Problems. Yeah. Do we want to bump into a B or do we want to stay to B minus? I'm cool B minus. Okay, we'll leave we'll on stay. a B minus. So uh, the final top three here. Are Michael Schlatt at the top spot? I give him an A. And it's plus. obvious. Yeah, it's just a runaway there. How uh, about an, a clear number one in all four leagues, by the way? Yeah, honestly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Greg Maddox at the two with a B, and at the three, there's a tie between Les Lancaster and Billy Horton. Yeah, well, checks out. So we did it. God, we did that was it. one of our dumb ideas. And in case anyone's wondering, the top three. The only ones to get A pluses are the top ones: Michael Schlaff from Missoula, Pat Scalabrine in Quebec. It would be Joe Calvo Pietra in Kansas City. So those are our top yeah. three. Jamie, I think, hung an A minus. Jamie hung a A minus. Yep, as did Anthony Barone, and as did Andy McCauley. Schomburg right. also had an A with uh, Jamie. Good team. Yeah. All right. So that's all there is there. We're going to have some interviews coming up. Yada, yada, yada. Y'all know the deal. We've been at this on the phone for like four hours, five hours. So dumb, dude. Yeah. We're so dumb. And we've been recording for about three. So Ryan, do plugs, then I'll do plugs, and then we'll leave. Indie Ball Nation, wherever. How do we suck? Indie Ball Pod, Twitter, Indie Ball Report, everywhere else. IndieBarReport.com. Look at the show notes if you want more in-depth conversation and guys that have been announced previously. There's your answer to your question for whoever asked for that. And there's your updates to the coaching carousel. Any final words before we end this nightmare? I'm just realizing that their energy was basically the equivalent of death for the past like hour and I'm so sorry about that. That's on your boy. <laughs> no, I mean, I've also like the rest of the house is asleep so I cannot be as loud as I was at one o'clock. Uh-huh. So that's partially me too. So like, oh, I'm going to no. go ahead and wrap this up now and remember, if you think we don't care about you, we just did this. So until next time, don't forget to play ball.